going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming BitCast, episode 188 this week. It is another lovely Sunday. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, and we've got some fun topics to talk about today, guys. Got Mr. Head Bob going over there on my right, Mr. Tie Guy Travis himself. What is happening, my friend? McClunky, and good morning, everyone. Glad to be here. You ever, uh, I know we've talked about this before. You ever going to explain that to our audience or are you just going to kind of let it go? And I have, I have not explained McClunky yet. I could, I, I mean, I could at any time you guys want. It's just, you're taking uh, like the, uh, the dark souls route. It's cryptic. You could kind of figure it out <laughs> if you piece things together. Is that where we're going? <laughs> yeah. It's environmental storytelling. Anything <laughs> <I'm trying. laughs> well, it, it's, it's on your, it's on your, uh, Twitter thing, right? Yeah. It's on it your, is, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've, I've it's explained it on other shows. It's just this one. I haven't had a good time because you guys always bring it up like in pockets right now before we've introduced Dan. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I should talk about it before we should Dan. So, <laughs> and of course, uh, my partner in crime, Mr. Dan Rodriguez coming to you this week as L Dan ring. Good morning, That's right, baby. Um, hey, what's up? What's up? I, I want to hear about it. Like my introduction means nothing compared to <laughs> so. I mean, uh, it, okay it is it. as somebody in the comments said, it is a Star Wars reference. Um, right. For for those of you that don't know, uh, George Lucas is sort of obsessed with changing the original Star Wars trilogy. He's done it a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and uh, in two thousand nineteen, I think it was that late. Uh, after he was already done not owning Star Wars, uh, he, we we all found out because uh, Disney Plus re-released the original Star Wars trilogy for the first time since they bought uh, Star Wars. It was the first time that they had done anything with the original uh, trilogy. Right. And when they put it out on Disney Plus, everybody learned that there was new stuff added to the original trilogy again in 2019. And when fans asked about it, Disney said, we didn't do that. George Lucas did it before he sold it to us. And everybody was like, what? Again? Like, this is crazy. And uh, one of the things he changed was in the original um, Star Wars movie where Han Solo and Greedo do, do that, you know, shootout in the, in the, in the cantina. Um, he has changed that a bunch of times. Basically, the original was Greedo's kind of step into Han and then Han just shoots him dead. And then they added Han in in the special editions. They added Han dodging and then shooting, dodging a bullet from Greedo and then shooting back, uh, in order to make it more of a kids' film. So Han just isn't committing murder. And in this one, they add a close up of Greedo's face, and he says without any subtitles, McClunky. <laughs> and then it goes back to the original shot, and then you know Han dodges and then shoots back. And there was no explanation for why this was added, but. Star Wars fans, uh, as they do, researched it and found out that McClunky is Hatties for this will be the end for you. And it's basically a yet another way for Greedo to be like, yo, I'm now threatening you verbally and shooting at you. So Han definitely isn't the bad guy, guys. He's not just committing cold-blooded murder. And it completely ruins Han's you know, whole arc where he's like heartless and then discovers that he's got a heart of gold throughout it because now he was only acting in self-defense. And it was absolutely terrible. And uh, uh, the, the day that that happened, I was on an episode of Fireteam Chat and everyone on that show had a catchphrase except for me. And so I just shouted McClunky and nobody <laughs> nobody on the panel was expecting it and they all just started cracking up. Um, and so I just started saying it during shows. And uh, now if you Google McClunky, the first thing you see is 
how that's weird that George Lucas added it. And then it's just me after that. Like it's just all like stuff about me. So uh, it's, it's my catchphrase. I just, I shot McClunky. That's, that's what I do. So that is, uh, that's bizarre. I actually hadn't heard, I don't follow Star Wars too closely. I hadn't heard that it was changed again. Yeah, dude. Special editions when, where were they? Late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, it was, it was a late nineties. And uh, the reason that those changes happened originally was because, um, George Lucas's ex-wife edited the original Star Wars, <laughs> a lot of the original Star Wars movies. And so George Lucas re-edited them in order to, so he doesn't have to pay her royalties and, and stuff like that. It was like sort of like a, a petty, like ex-wife move to like, oh, I'll re-edit them. That way you don't have to, you know, get anything it. from it, which is brutal. So, uh, and it he's just been changing it ever since. Just keeps updating stuff. It's bizarre. Even, even when he didn't own it, he got another update in. It's crazy. So. Well, I don't want to turn this into the Star Wars cast, but I think when you and Hogue sit down to have your Star Wars debate that we joked about last week, yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts on on that point about Lucas. It's is is he okay changing things? I know a lot of Star Wars fans hate it, right? Because of yeah. the the kind of you know how um, precious, if you will, the original Star Wars trilogy is. But he created it, so I love hearing he where people say did that. create it, but also kind of ruined a lot of it, which is crazy. <laughs> and it, the, the part that offends me is that you can't watch the originals at all. Like, there's no way to do it. And apparently, according to a lot of people at Disney and like J.J. Abrams, tried to get the original versions released. Apparently, they've been destroyed, and it, which is crazy. Like, it's like a part of film that's just gone. Uh, the original versions of the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's just been, it, it's poor Star Wars fans have really uh, had a rough go of it. Uh, he also, he does weird things, Ains. Like this is, again, another tangent, but one time he was at Star Wars Celebration and he was doing an interview with Jon Stewart and Jon Stewart yeah. asked him what Obi-Wan Kenobi's home planet was. And okay. just because he was tired of hearing that question, he just said like on the spot, oh, it's the Stew John systems. That's where Obi-Wan's from. And then it immediately became canon. There was like <laughs> Wikipedia pages about it and shit. And I was just like, dude, this guy has too much power. This is insane. Like he can just yeah. say something as like a joke and then it's just the truth now. And so I, I feel like him getting killed off as the, the arbiter of Halo or Halo, because I said <laughs> arbiter, the arbiter of, uh, of Star Wars. Uh, was like the best thing that could happen. So anyway, tangent over, but uh, wow. I'm glad that he's no wow. longer in charge of Star Wars. That is bizarre. Um, That's really yeah. weird. Well, at least we know where McClunky comes from now. So there you go. McClunky. Yeah, yeah. A year later, you joined in the show. I now know what what you say. That's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good morning, everyone in chat. Uh, good to see you guys. Some new faces as well rejoining us, which is awesome. And by the way, Nick said uh, George Lucas's ex-wife created Jar Jar Binks too. Kidding, of course, but yes, not surprising. Um, we've already got a couple super chats out of the gate here, Dan. Let's hit these up. Yeah. All right, game positive with the 699 Canadian super chat. Thank you, game positive. Good afternoon, you beautiful bastards. Tuning in mid shoveling from my 40 yard gravel driveway, <laughs> the dark souls of driveways. Praise <laughs> the sun. Oh, yeah, he's uh. That is Eric from Season Gaming. He's in Halifax, and he sent a couple pictures to us in our SG chat last night where like i think he took a step and like fell into snow up to his waist awesome. um so he's been shoveling for like a full day now they they got hit hard so any of you in the northeast uh yeah godspeed yeah good luck 
Good luck, Eric. Thank you. It's for the 50 story. degrees in Kansas. I mean, it's 50 <laughs> degrees in Kansas. I don't yeah, know what's going crazy. on. And then uh, Fat Boy Horror in the house. Yeah. Five pounds. Super chat. No, no, and chuffing no. I don't know what that I think is. He's a reference yes. to uh, George Lucas. Um, yeah, he's a uh, he's a fellow Star Wars fan, so I assume yes. that's in, in response gotcha. to the Star Wars talk. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, brother. Always appreciate the super chats. All right, guys. Um, so I have an on the spot question for you guys today. We don't have a guest oh, today, shit. so we, we've kind of been doing, you know, some kind of put the guests on the spot. But today, I just wanted to throw one at you guys. Nothing crazy, but just for the audience to kind of get to know us better as we talk about games every week. Let me ask you guys what you think. Or not not best. What is your favorite RPG of all time? Ooh, man, that's a uh, hard question. That's a, yeah, you yeah. Know there's so many RPGs for a reason. I yeah, mean. I'm I'm wondering like, do you go like JRPG where it's like turn based, more traditional? Do you go a Western any RPG? RPG? Any RPG? Yeah. I'm gonna go with New you, Vegas. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that one because it felt like more so than a lot of other RPGs like that you weren't kind of, you know, <clears throat> contained into, uh, you know, you really had to you pay attention to how you build your character, you know, and it make, made a difference, you know, between in conversations, even just the minor conversations, you know, if you didn't have a certain level in speech or whatever, you know, it, it, it all, it was one of those, one of the first ones, I guess that I played that, you know, I felt more like my character, you know, can you play something like mass effect or something and you're, you're, you're commander shepherd, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how you, you know, slice it, you're still going to be him. You're still going to go, you know, your, your journey is going to be probably the same as the guy next to you. You know, this one, you know, while there's an, you know, an end game, there's several different endings, but you know, the journey in between there is, is, was very unique to me, I feel, you know, and um, maybe not, you know, just me, but you know, it, it all depended that you, you know, you could go so many different ways. And uh, I really liked the setting. I think the story was, you know, well written uh, at the time. You know, it was, it was amazing. So, which game is I, this? Sorry, I feel like I'm Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas. That's a great game. Yeah. And it's, 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 it was just, it's, it's, I think my favorite Fallout game for sure. Um, there's a lot Definitely of the best other RPGs. One. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was just too. really good. Yeah. Obsidian, it's yeah. insane. A uh, little. They are. Sorry, Dan. Uh, no, no, you're fine. Yeah, great, great pick. Um, little, little known fact: they had a collector's edition for Fallout New Vegas, which I have. It's it's rare. It's worth money, and it actually came with seven real poker chips from the places in the casinos awesome. in the game that I actually I have, have. That I have a I have those chips in a glass case. I have them too. All of my other real poker poker chips from casinos around the world, which is kind of funny. That's nice. Because right. you're a gambler, as I learned recently, a poker player. Yeah, used used to be, used to be. Um, yeah, man. So I think uh, not, before we get to your answer, Travis, I, I was kind of having a little fun with this because I figure, especially when we don't have a guest, we can kind of include uh, our live audience more too. So we got a lot of answers in chat, uh, which I'll get to. But Travis, let's hear yours. Yeah, um, this answer was immediate. The immediate one that popped in my head when you asked me, and then I saw people talking about it in the in the chat as well. Uh, but I think I have to go with Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Um, okay. yeah, for me, I didn't really like a lot of JRPGs as a kid. I, I like turn-based games, but a lot of JRPGs didn't click with me when I was younger. And uh, Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind was like my gateway drug Western RPG that sort of allowed me to get more into RPGs in general and eventually uh, play a ton of JRPGs. Um, but I, I think 
because Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind stood out to me as like the first RPG I really fell in love with and just couldn't stop playing and kind of and kind of became like a an RPG lifer based off of that. Um, I have to go with it. It's it's uh, incredibly obtuse. It's like impossible yeah. to play that game these days. Uh, even if you download like graphic improvements, you're still in for a hell of a, a ride. But um, the world that it creates, the w- super weird, not at all knights and dragons uh, uh, <laughs> fantasy world, um, the insane things you can pull off in that game and the the quest lines that don't hold your hand at all. <laughs> Beating the main story in that game is insanely challenging like you have to figure out how to do everything on your own um and just everything about it is so good and if you like oblivion and skyrim like you owe a lot to morrowind even if you've never played it because that game did so much to set up the universe and to kind of develop the elder scrolls series from what it was with arena and daggerfall a very different game um and uh yeah, I, I just, uh, that game to me will always have such a special place in my heart. I've probably played thousands of hours of that game. Like I, I played that on the original Xbox and I probably had to yeah. buy like eight copies because the original Xbox was so unreliable and I and things were always breaking all the time. I probably went through like three Xboxes and eight copies of that game just to, <laughs> and had to restart my save file over all the time and stuff like that. And I didn't care. I still was was all exactly. about that. that. That's That's when you know the game is good right like you yeah start a brand new one. and morrowind isn't it's probably number two for me too it's it, it's nice. so good so it's good. such a good game i think that's one of the first games you and i bonded over travis talking about it was yeah yeah I, I mentioned it as like i usually like the older games in series which is why it's weird i don't like mass effect one over two but uh yeah then i mentioned morrowind and you were like i like morrowind and we were like yeah <laughs> that game's awesome man legendary like, the like. fact that you can make a spell that, that increases your jump stat by like five thousand percent and then just jump across the entire map even though it kills you because there's no way to avoid the fall damage at the end so funny just the stupid <laughs> stupid stuff you can do in that game yeah it was definitely the you know oblivion they took it a different direction and skyrim even more so um and for all its for all its greatness in Skyrim and Oblivion, Morrowind is special because they don't make, generally speaking, don't make Western RPGs like that anymore. Where there's just it's like you said, it's obtuse, and yet you have almost complete freedom, um, where you can just do all kinds of wild stuff in that game. So that's a great pick for sure. We've we've got a lot of uh, comments here. So uh, someone uh, Walt said Final Fantasy VI, legendary. I think that's got to be up there. That, Fatboy Horror, I know, and I have bonded over this as Fantasy Star 1. Um, legendary for me as well. Funny enough, Eld, uh, Eric says Morrowind as well. Um, we've got some Mass Effect 2s in the house. Uh, Final yeah. Fantasy 10 and Dragon Quest 8. Oh, okay. Some uh, specific JRPGs from Alex. Uh, another Morrowind. A couple Skyrims. Mass Effect. Joe, we don't need you to say Mass Effect 2. With three different comments, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> got, uh, is Skyrim. that bad bit, Joe? Or that is bad bit. Yeah. Yes, that is. And uh, we've got some um, Mass Effect, or excuse me, um, Skyrim as well. Of course, I think a lot of people nowadays Skyrim is up there for them. But yep. Um. By the way, we've got the shoulders a, of giants. Is all I have to say about that. One. That's true. That's true. Cerebral Paul in the house. I'm going to grab this one, Dan. Uh, Two dollar yeah. super chat. Thank you, Paul. He said, "Happy Sunday." Dan is right for once. You got one, Dan. It's a good pick. New Vegas is really, really damn good. One really, really twenty-two. Good. Okay, it's we're good. I'm just taking the date down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm right. excited for more Obsidian RPGs because I feel like Gosh, they have been both. living without a, a real budget for like over a decade, and it'll be really it's nice so to see exciting. them. Yeah, I think, with, I think they're like my most 
the the studios that Xbox has and that what they're working on, they they're probably my most excited that I'm for. Yeah, I mean, if you like, look yes, at the two you projects, know yeah. the two projects that they're working on, Avowed and uh, Outer Worlds Two, those are both completely different games and both look so amazing. I, yeah. If Outer Worlds One had had the budget that I, sure. I think Outer Worlds Two is going to have, oh my god, dude, I yeah. just can't wait. Outer Worlds. But with those Western RPGs, those older ones, you know, it 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 shows that you can tell a story without being, you know, strapped into you know a very linear experience, you know, and that's that's kind of my whole thing. And I I'd love to see more games go that route. Um, there are a lot of RPGs out there, like especially some of the JRPGs. And you look at Final Fantasy remake; it's really really well done. Um, but you know what's what's going to happen. You know this this is we're all playing the same thing. You know, and and games like Morrowind and New Vegas, they just opened it up so much, I think, to, you know, the journey more than the destination. So, you know, that sounds cliche, but it's 100% true. You know, Skyrim to a point did that, but it was just so much, right? There was just, I mean, it it got to the point where it was just like, man, this is insane. And I I went back to try to play it. And then when they updated it, you know, a month ago or two months ago, whatever it was, so much. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's almost it's almost overwhelming. You know, you almost have to bite off a certain amount and just see what you can do with that. And then, but man, it's it's I miss those games, like the yeah. first experience through them, especially. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah I think there's something to be said um, about them. By the way, uh, Walt just said uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, that's my number two. Yeah, yeah that's way up there. up there too. Um, and we're going to be talking about some Star Wars upcoming games here shortly. Um, but one more on this one of the conversations I've had with people because, uh, my pick, by the way, if I take nostalgia out, Fantasy Star is mine, if uh, purely from a nostalgia perspective. But if I take nostalgia away and just purely what I think is my favorite RPG, it's got to be Witcher 3. Um, yeah, that's really good. But I think the conversation I've had with people about Skyrim versus Witcher 3, they're both incredible games, but. As you were saying, Dan, you kind of create your own journey in those games like New Vegas and uh, Morrowind and stuff. Whereas Witcher is kind of a different take because you're a set character, you're Geralt, right? And you build relationships and depending on what you do in the game, different things can happen, which I think is really well done. One of the best parts of that game. But the overall story is the same. And I think that's um, that's one of those weird debates I always have. It's like I, I personally think Witcher 3 is better than Skyrim partially because of the character um, intricacies that you get. Like in Skyrim, you're kind of a no-name character, which is good in some ways because you create your own journey. But the storytelling, in my opinion, in in Witcher 3 is so much better with the character actions and stuff. Yeah, the writing in Bethesda games is like not very good. I mean, none of their their RPGs are like particularly well-known for the story, whether it's Fallout 3 or Fallout 4 or... or, um, uh, Skyrim or, or even true. Oblivion. It's your experience. Of games are really world. known for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very true. Man. All right. Well, that's cool. I uh, that was a, a quick on the spot question. What is that. a role playing game, by the way? I'm still so confused by that term. Like, I used to think it meant you get to play different roles, like you can be a wizard or a knight or whatever. But it sort of doesn't mean that anymore because Geralt, you're always a Witcher. So I'm just very confused at what what makes it an RPG. It's like one of those things like I can't describe it, but I know it when I see it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's you always so, know when, what an RPG yeah. is, but yeah. it's so broad nowadays. It just is. Mm-hmm. There's, there's... Is there a definition? Do you guys have you ever heard a definition that made sense to you? No, 
Not that yeah. covered all the games that I would consider an RPG. Yeah. Which is weird. Sense. Like you said, it's a know it when you see it type of thing. So. All right, guys, we're going to get into uh, let's talk about what we're currently playing. And then we're going to be having a good conversation on Elden Ring today. We got Star Wars titles. We've got um, a new Halo Infinite uh, mode that's coming. Some Xbox updates, a Blizzard new IP. So kind of some big stories this week. But first, let's talk about what we're currently playing. Travis, I'm going to start with you because I know you reviewing Dying Light 2, which you touched on last week. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything there. And I know that uh, you're the only one of the three of us actually playing Pokemon. And even though we don't talk about, um, you know, we certainly don't cover Pokemon much, regardless of what we think, it is a massive, massive game right now um, across the gaming industry that millions and millions of people are loving. So if you want to touch on those, appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I'll start with Dying Light 2 because that's sort of farther away in my mind now. Uh, I beat it last week after about 80 hours and... um, have been writing and finessing my review since and i'm pretty much done writing now i'm just gonna do the video and stuff over the weekend and get that the embargo is february 2nd at 7 a.m so i'm well ahead of embargo here uh which is rare especially for a game this big i got through it pretty (laughs) quickly um but yeah my my impressions that i can talk about without saying you know my final impressions are that it's a very solid game um definitely worth your time uh if you have an, an aversion to bugs and glitches maybe wait a little bit i think this is going to be one of those that needs to be ironed out um the game sort of becomes more buggy the longer you play is what i found out it's kind of like uh those old cartoons where the you know the car's driving and pieces fall off and then by the time he crosses the finish line it's like just the steering wheel uh it kind of dying light 2 kind of reminds me of that at least in the state that i played it and they're, they're coming out with patches all the time but i i have to think that it's going to take more than you know, a little while to, to iron out everything that I experienced. And, uh, I mean, I did a, uh, a co-op session with the creative director of the game and I have a, another co-op session on Monday with the same guy. And on our first one, the reason we have a second one is because the first one, we couldn't get anything to work. Like everything oh, wow. was breaking in our co-op session, just constantly a boss despawn, the challenge broke, like all this stuff was just like, falling apart and he was like i'm so embarrassed i feel i'm sorry guys and i was just like yeah i mean it happens it's it's a it's a it's a crazy game to to try to play four players in but um yeah we we have a makeup session on monday just to play more and see if i can get like a a co-op session to really work but um yeah it's uh it's gonna be rough out there for those of you who are playing it on day one so if you if you get easily frustrated by something i i would say maybe uh maybe don't play it uh i'm playing it on xbox and pc I hear PlayStation's worse. Um, we have a lot of codes at IGN, and one of the guys who is playing it uh, is playing it on PS5, and he actually completely lost his save file after 60 hours due to a glitch. So no, he got locked out of his save file completely, and he's now in an infinite loading screen. So um, somebody asked about accessibility options. I don't know. I I think there's an accessibility tab, but I, I didn't pay much attention to it. That's just part of my bias, so I could look into that for you. Um, okay. But yeah, brutal, uh, brutal game in term of, terms of bugs, but everything else, when it works, it's it's fantastic. Um, so that's basically um, where I'm at with it. <laughs> sounds good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I am not reviewing it. Uh, luckily, it sounds like partially. I don't know. Um, but I'm looking forward yeah. to playing it. Uh, I really like the first one. And I like, again, the RPG aspects of the game with weapon building and exploring and the city and all that stuff. So, and you yeah. said that 
those aspects of it are still excellent. Oh, fantastic. So. It's so good. It's so much fun to play. It's it's really like if the game had worked, my review would read a lot differently if it if it worked more consistently. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's basically all I can get into. I, I obviously have other thoughts about like the story and stuff that I can't talk about because it's past their first 10 hours and, and the stuff I'm allowed to give sure. impressions of. But um, yeah, that's that game. And then the other one's Pokemon Legends Acreus. I think it's how you pronounce it. Um, IGN gave it a seven out of 10, which I mostly grew with. I might, I might go a little bit lower on it. Um, but the, the highlights are that um, it's, it's fantastic that Pokemon is finally trying new things. It's not like the original formula with Pokemon at all. Uh, you actually walk around and see Pokemon in the wild and can choose to combat or you know fight them or throw a Pokeball at them, which is really cool. Not anything we've seen before in the Pokemon franchise. Okay. Um, but it also suffers some like growing pains. The main one being that the open worlds are atrocious. Like they are, they are just big barren empty wastelands with like nothing there and like trees where they use the same asset like a million times. And it, wow. it kind of, it gives me vibes of like, like um, breath of the wild. No breath of the wild oh, is much, much better by a lot. Uh, and I think, you know, that I think you've seen <laughs> screenshots of both games and realize one of those is much better. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, it kind of reminds me of those like uh, low budget pony games where you're where you ride a pony and the world you know you ever play one of those games like as a joke or because you're hilarious um but they those games were like you're riding a horse and clearly the focus is on like the fantasy of riding the horse and so the worlds are just like big open plains with like four trees they're just like the most like barren low-res uh, worlds out there just because that's not what the game's about that's sort of what it reminds me of in the, the pokemon world i saw somebody tweet that and it was like spot on because i've played those games before um i'm i kind of have an addiction to playing really bad games i'll wait till they're on sale for like two dollars and then buy them just because i, I want to see what they're like um but yeah uh the open world is pretty rough i do like that the games are much harder uh like you really get destroyed by some pokemon in this in this uh, game which i think is really cool um but anyway uh yeah my my, my review is sort of that um it's a, it's good that they're changing things. I like that it's new and different, but I think the open world they created is really not good. And, and granted, I'm early in the game. I haven't seen all of it, but I hear it's a pretty consistent yeah. um, kind of feedback. And I probably would have settled maybe at a six or a seven, somewhere around there, just based on what I've played so far. Um, but I think the, the, uh, the IGN review is pretty close to my opinion with uh, the notable exception of that I, I tend to think it's a little bit more tedious than than she did she was just like our reviewer is just happy to be in the world catching pokemon and i'm there and i'm like all right i have a quest where i've got to like catch 25 of the same pokemon and i'm like i don't want to do this like this yeah, is a nightmare sad. to me so wow. um, i was playing it last night while watching a show and it was a lot more fun when i had a little bit of like a distraction <laughs> and separation from it playing it in the portable mode while i had something else to kind of pay attention the best to game i've ever played when i'm watching other entertainment yeah. yeah yeah i mean some games are like that man i also do that a lot with destiny and and it can really improve the experience when you're grinding you know when you have to yeah. just grind and it's just like i like this game but i have to do a, a thing i i'm not really looking forward to um yeah so but it's good and to have those types of games yeah i know we talked uh we talked last night a little bit but it's ign kind of came in on the low end um, I think of the review scores and I, cause I see quite a people, a lot of people in my timeline, um, who just adored this game. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Pokemon obviously has that 
nostalgia and love factor with it for a lot of people. So I'm sure that's playing into it. But um, no matter what, I think, or reviews, uh, it seems a lot of people are enjoying this game, which is awesome. Yeah, it, it is very good. And um, it, it, it's true, IGN was on the lower side. Um, I think some of those high reviews are crazy. Cause there's like, so, so, so like there's obvious flaws. Like I saw an outlet give it a 100, which I was just like, dude, like there are some serious criticisms about this game that I think would be crazy for you to not include. Um, but that said at its core, like it is super fun. Like just running around the world and catching Pokemon and doing battles and leveling up and, and all that stuff. And the weird setting, cause it's actually like a, a super, super prequel. So Pokeballs have like just been invented and people are still figuring out that you can catch Pokemon and stuff oh, and all that's yeah. super cool. Yeah, it's it's like very uh kind of it's it reminds me of like Skyward Sword serving as like an origin story for Legend of Zelda. It kind of reminds me of that. So uh, there are there's something to that game. I'm only like maybe five or six hours in, but there's something that's kind of biting me a little bit. Like I'm definitely I'm getting bit by by like the addictive loop. It's it's more just the uh, the open worlds. I can't really forgive it. I, I think a seven is as high as it goes in my book just because of that. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Dan, what are you up to? Um, <clears throat> I finished Tales of Arise, finally. Wow, you beat it. 80 that's hours. That's a big game, dude. It's a huge game. 80 and hours, there's, wow. Yeah, and that's there's endgame content, like a lot of endgame content. Like there's, once you finish it, you go like several more uh, big boss battles open up. So uh, my problem was, I mean, I loved it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it was, it's probably maybe my game of the year last year if I had finished it, but um, <clears throat> it was, I, I overleveled. I, I grinded too much. <laughs> and then I got to a point where I was like level 70 and, but and all the enemies at, you know, towards the end of the game are probably close to closer to like 50 to like 55. So it wasn't a huge challenge. I mean, it was still fun. Um, but you know, it, the bigger bosses now that I'm kind of going up against are, are a lot more challenging and they take a lot longer, but it, it was an amazing game. There's so much to it. I mean, I could, I could probably sit here for an hour and talk about it. Um, I really started getting into the fishing aspect of it, which is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's one of those like fishing mechanics are hit and miss for me. Like some of them are just so ridiculous and difficult. This one is very, very simple but also challenging when you, you know, start going after, you know, like the bigger fish and stuff. I don't know why. I mean, I don't ever, I I mean, I really don't look for fishing in a game necessarily, but this one kind of got me and uh, I've been playing a lot of that. Uh, And then after I finished it, I kind of, you know, I did a little bit of the end game content. You can also do a new game plus mode. I haven't delved into Mm. that yet. Um, But then I started playing a new horizon playthrough because I want to get, refreshed you know before you're gonna play the whole game before uh forbidden west i think i can i think so maybe um i'm 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 not super far right now but i think i can which game are you trying to beat before forbidden west horizon Uh, zero horizon zero dawn yeah oh no i mean i I finished it before i just don't you know i haven't i've done that and the dlc um but i just wanted to do a fresh playthrough and then i also played a little bit of the uh, uncharted remake master whatever the hell it's called yeah it's it's, yeah you know it's the same it's the same thing you know it's just just a little bit it's 60 frames you know yeah that's nice you know but it's it's still uncharted 4 you know and and the problem i had with that game you know it 
it was just it just took so long to get into it. And mm. I'm, I'm seeing the same kind of thing now. Like you, you go through the chapters so fast at the beginning where you're just like, oh, chapter one. And then all of a sudden it's like you're on chapter six. I'm like, what the hell just happened? And, you know, and, and then, you know, it, it's all story, especially like those yeah. first six or seven, you know, uh, chapters or whatever. And it's good. It's really well done. But it's is also, it? you know. <laughs> Is is I mean, it or is it well, or is I, it I just mean, the re, the or is it just this, the entire script done. of the Goonies lifted ver- verbatim? That might is be it, too. Yeah, is it? Yeah. That, yeah honestly, yeah. my problem with Uncharted Four is is that Uncharted One through Three are some of my favorite games, and specifically because they're so over the top and silly, and unlike any other action game we have out there because of like the tone. And then in Uncharted 4, they were like, okay, The Last of Us was successful. Let's make the tone of Uncharted 4 like close as, as The Last of Us as we could. And so the game is like way slower, way less over the top, way more serious. And I'm just like, dude, this isn't what I liked about Uncharted. I liked about Uncharted was like the crazy like balls to the wall, things falling apart and stuff. And it seems like in 4, they went for like realism and like, you know, a, a, a totally like serious story. And I was like, this is yeah. not why I play these games. You guys have totally misread the situation. So no, it's, it's, four it's, is my least favorite one, to be honest. I think two well, is the perfect Uncharted game. Two is the best. Yeah, two is the best for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, I agree with all those things. That, that, and that's the problem I'm having. When I started doing that. I was just like, man, you know what? I really want to get through Horizon one more time. So I'm just going to put that on the side. I'll probably come back to it and finish it because it looks nice. You know, but it's you know. I feel like I just played it. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Also, the script is the Goonies. Not to get going too hard on Uncharted Four, but it is the Goonies. Like, like read that script and then play Uncharted Four. It's the same story. Four yeah. felt uh, four felt bloated to me too. Whereas really? uh, one and three, they were like you know they were those action, like you said, over the top action games. They were funny, fun to play through. Um, four, they tried to add this kind of broader element to it, like you said, a little serious, a little bigger, and it just. I like the game. Like I'm not as negative as sounds as you on it, but it, it's yeah. It I played it once and I was like, I don't really have any urge to play that again. Whereas like I two, just have scars, man. I I just I, every every time I think of that game, I think of the Goonies ending where it was just like spoiler <laughs> alert, but like the the ship inside the cove that just I was just like, dude, this is straight up the Goonies. <laughs> and then I think of uh, I think of um, the part where you're you're tying your your cable your tow cable around trees to get your jeep out of the mud yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, just yeah. that's just how the game lives in my head is like dude they had me like do chores and like <laughs> they just like i just I, i'm so traumatized from that yeah. game i don't know like the swimming is. under underwater where you've got to lift that canister out in the yeah, dude, like i could have just, just like, eliminated that whole scene like yeah. I'm, I'm like how did they make ex- exploration so boring like it's oh. just it really kills me um, i am with you on but, that yeah. one yeah, it's, and, it's, you know, it's Diego a... said something about Hitman. I, I play Hitman every week. I just, of course, he does. At this point, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The new um, stuff is cool, but it's just, you know, I'm waiting for the when when, when you get your own pad, you know that that that. Uh, yes, I yeah, yeah. It. yeah, But that that hasn't come out yet, so I'm I'm kind of I'm not slowing down really. I just kind of go through and play a little bit here and there, and then. Uh, but that's really what is interesting to me. When that comes out, I'll probably be right back into it. So. We'll yeah, I, what, um, what happens. back on Uncharted, I um, I never finished Lost Legacy, and I know a lot mm. of people really like that one. So I, I've neither been, did I. I've been meaning to pick up this upgrade for that, not the replay for, but the replay Lost Legacy, and actually finish it. So, um, yeah, I need to better do that than one. the base game, I think, in terms of pacing. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah, a lot of people say Lost Legacy is you know either their favorite or up there with two. 
um, which I think is interesting. So, well, let's not go crazy. It's not as good as two, but it is much better <laughs> than the base game. All right. Um, and how about that? Horizon, uh, not Horizon. How about that uh, Uncharted movie? Jesus, does not look good. My God, what have they done? What have they done? What they do to my boy? <laughs> look, look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> God, man, it looks yeah, so it does bad. not look. It does not look good. The the second they announced that movie and and the actor they chose, and I, I was just like, I, this isn't going to be good. And everything I've seen has confirmed that theory so far. The trailer is so bad. Yeah, nope. it doesn't it doesn't look good at all. It's a shame anything because... anything with Mark Wahlberg is usually trash. I'm just going to go out there and say it. Like my 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 family, they went out to Wahlburgers last night. And I was yeah. like, that's disgusting. I don't know why you even go over there. You the know, departed. It's not the same quality. That's about it. Oh, that, <laughs> no, that's, that's, come on. That's, that, that's good. Yeah. Like Boogie oh, Nights. No, he's good Nights in that movie. Terrible. No, come no. on. He's good in that movie. His character no. is one of the no. best characters. He's like a, a smaller version of Tom Hardy, but less <laughs> sexy. And, and I don't even know if that's, you know, you I don't know how you Tom get Hardy smaller sexy. one or less sexy than Tom <laughs> Hardy, but that's it. The truth finally comes out, Travis. I knew all along Dan loved Tom Hardy. Wow. What about Ted? Well, yeah, but that's that's because of Seth MacFarlane. Well, he's good in that movie. All, all he on. does is sit there and smoke credit. He's, he's good, good in some movies. He's like, you got my teddy bear. You know, I mean, I don't even know what the hell. He's, just, he's an idiot. He's a dumb, dumb idiot. Just like Tom Hardy. I, I hey, hey, yeah, all right, all right. Not gonna be started. Let's, let's talk about Elden Ring, something I, I also don't like, but let's go. I can up. tell that Dan is aroused right now talking about Tom Hardy. <laughs> Maybe. I can just tell. Maybe. I can tell. All right. We got we definitely got off on the tangent there. Uh, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. All right. So our main topic today is gonna be on Elden Ring because there's a tremendous amount of coverage coming out for it right now. We're just over three weeks from launch officially. And um I don't know about you guys, but, you know, this is my most anticipated game of the year. Um, so I've kind of gone dark on the coverage. Like, I'm not I'm not watching the videos of the gameplay or anything like that. But we also got this week an interview with uh, Miyazaki uh, from PlayStation directly, which I thought was really interesting. Um, because Miyazaki, if you're not familiar, of course, he is the president of From Software. He is the creative director and game director on Souls 1, Souls 3, Bloodborne, Sekiro. He is kind of the man, if you will. Um, and he's quickly building a reputation as a household name uh, in the gaming industry. And if Elden Ring hits like we think it's going to hit, um, it's going to be hard to argue that he's not one of the premier creators in the entire industry, in my opinion. Um, so the the interesting thing about this game I want to talk about are a couple things is, by all accounts, uh, after the video game awards and even coming into 2022, if you looked at kind of Google trends and, and what games people are searching for 2022, Elden Ring was either number one or far away number one. Um, like it's, which is pretty incredible when you think about the fact that these games are generally revered as this, um, you know, some people call them like cult games, which they're obviously not. They're much bigger than that now, but known for being difficult being challenging and and people not pointing at you dan but people like you who don't and luke in the chat has said the same thing who don't really enjoy the the difficulty or the challenge of these games um that in spite of that this is the most kind of anticipated game of the year um and then just keep in mind think about what's coming this year um and the blo- you got starfield you've got god of war you got horizon you've got all these gigantic games and maybe breath Ring. of the wild too Maybe, yeah. Nintendo's gone they quiet say on it. it's supposed to come out this year. I kind of don't believe them. But to, for the fact that Elden Ring is 
kind of trending above all of those and just take oh taking, yeah in traffic way yeah. above those yeah. and just taking all the hype is is amazing so the the, the first thing i want to tackle though is really on the difficulty because the the thing that constantly comes up with with um souls games and, and from games is really the difficulty and as travis and i have said and many others who are really into these games have said they're not as difficult and that's not supposed to be some type of hey i'm just awesome at games it's just a different design style and we've talked about that a lot and he was asked this directly by playstation so i want to read his response because his response in my opinion is brilliant and it's he kind of eloquently said what many of us have tried to say about these games so basically here's here's word for word what they asked him and how he answered so playstation asked him how has the ongoing discourse around game difficulty and accessibility impacted the way you've tailored and maintained from software's trademark difficulty in Elden Ring. Was that something your team has been trying to be more mindful of? So basically asking him, is he aware of this conversation and how are you changing it? <laughs> uh, changing the difficulty for, for this new game. And here's what he said. He said, yes, we have. It's a valid discussion. I feel like our approach to these games, not just Elden Ring, is to design them to encourage the player to overcome adversity. We don't try to force difficulty or make things hard for the sake of it. We want players to use their cunning, study the game, memorize what's happening, and learn from their mistakes. We don't want players to feel like the game is unfairly punishing, but rather that there's a chance to win a difficult encounter and make progress. We understand that Souls Likes games are regularly associated with impossible levels of difficulty with high barriers to entry, but we try to design the games to make the cycle of repeatedly trying to overcome these challenges enjoyable in and of itself. So we hope that Elden Ring and the new options it provides will be a success in that respect. Um, he goes on to say, in Elden Ring, we've not intentionally tried to lower the game's difficulty, but I think more players will finish it this time. As I mentioned, the player's level of freedom to progress through the world and return to a challenge are all elements that I feel will help people get through the game at a more leisurely pace. Also, there isn't a focus on pure action. The player has more agency to dictate their approach um, against, for example, the field bosses in the overworld and how they utilize stealth in various situations. We've even reduced the number of hoops that you have to jump through to enjoy it with multiplayer. So we hope that players embrace that idea of receiving help from others. And overall, we feel the clear rate will go up because of these things. So that's a lot. But basically what he's saying, um, like I said, more eloquently than some of us have tried to say, is it's not that the games are over our um overarchingly difficult it's that they are very different from other modern games and they kind of require you to repeat decisions learn from your mistakes try new things learn game mechanics um and then you're rewarded for doing so and i personally i know we've gone back and forth on this but i want to hear your guys's thoughts and the chat by the way let us know what you think but i i love this answer i love 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 this answer because he's basically saying look Here's how we design the game. We feel it's fair way to design the game. We give you all the tools at your disposal. But no, he basically, that was a long-winded way to say, we're not changing the way we design our games because people think it's too difficult. And I love that. Yeah. I think uh, it's sort of... it. Dark Souls or the Souls series or Miyazaki games in general, which he's created a lot as you uh, went over Ains. Although I should mention he also created Demon Souls. Uh, Demon Souls as well, yeah. yeah. And that's where that's where I knew him from. From decades ago too, but yeah, Armored Core. I think he was involved with some of those. So, um, yeah, uh, but Demon Souls was definitely the one where I first like 
got on and I was like, dude, this guy's awesome. Like he's doing stuff that nobody else is doing uh, in the industry. Um, I, I think, I think dark souls is a little unfairly judged in a lot of regards when it comes to difficulty, because, you know, another game that, that you die a lot in is like Hades, right? And you never uh -huh. heard anybody talk about the accessibility or difficulty of Hades. And I think the dif the difference between those two games is in Hades, when you die, you're sort of rewarded a little bit more obviously. Like the game gives you story beats and some other right. stuff to do and then sets you back out into the world. But dying a ton is still part of that game. Like it's it's still part of its design. It, it's just the way that I think players are, receive that feedback of dying is is very different in the two games. And Dark Souls, it sort of has this reputation of like dying is purely bad. All it does is set you back. There's no positive to it, yada, yada, which just isn't true. Yeah, right. uh, exactly. I mean, yeah, dying, dying in a Souls game is both part of the experience and definitely a step forward. And you also benefit in a lot of ways from dying, you get to keep all of your equipment. So any exploration you did is totally vindicated mm -hmm. and, and you, you don't lose anything from there. Really the only thing you lose is XP that you can just re-earn or recover uh, fairly easily. So I, I think, um, I think it's really part of the culture and specifically the players that play it, who tend to be like a aggressive about it, like, Oh, get good. Sorry, bro. You can't hang like that. That whole attitude, I think probably gives them a bad, a bad rep, but I think um, I, 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 I totally agree. Like, I don't think the games are especially difficult. I don't think that they need to be changed. I think they're perfectly tuned. And I think it really is all just about your attitude of when you die. Like, are you the type of person who gets pissed off and goes, this game isn't fun anymore because I died? Or are you the type who dies and doesn't really see that as a fail state, but uh, just part of the process of like beating the game is just you have to die a couple times and then eventually you learn from those mistakes and you learn the patterns of the boss or whatever and then you 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 overcome it if you go in with that attitude the game really isn't hard and also isn't something that's particularly frustrating so i i totally like that he's sticking with uh to his guns there i don't think that you need different difficulty modes in dark souls i don't think that the game isn't accessible i mean a guy beat beat dark souls 3 with bananas i i <laughs> people have people have beaten it blindfolded people have you know yeah. lot, like there's 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 so many examples of people uh beating that game i i just really don't think i i think the only people who are saying it needs to be easier or more accessible <clears throat> probably really haven't given the games a try because i i think if you've tried those games uh honestly you'd come to the conclusion that they don't really need additional balancing or accessibility like they are designed to do the thing that they do and they do it incredibly well and and dying is part of that yeah so yeah so uh you know i agree because i know we've talked about this before i've got there's some comments here which are kind of mixed as you would expect um so like walt for instance says you know the sense of accomplishment you get for surpassing encounters and from software releases unparalleled for me compared to any other game experience and I, I generally agree. Um, we have others that say, um, uh, like Fatboy, for instance, uh, kind of what you were alluding to there, Travis. He says, I get a sense of disappointment as I think again, you know, like I have mm. to do this again. Um, and I <clears throat> and I think that um, I've said before that I think these games are, they're almost like games of the 16, 8 and 16-bit era, but in today's market where you know you you have to learn the patterns you have to repeat things until you get good enough to progress um but i think they're even more forgiving really because they give you more tools at your disposal like you said you can 
you can technically grind experience and an over level if you want to. Um, you can find equipment that you don't lose. You can call you can in play for, multiplayer. Yeah, you can call in for help yeah. and summon. And, and you, there's plenty of ways to overcome these challenges. But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said it's it's a it's a mindset. The first thing I tell people when they want to get into these games, I was having this conversation with Mo recently, is the first thing I say is dying is not bad. Get that out of your head because I think modern games have kind of instituted this mindset of when you die, you, you suck or you did something wrong because you never die in games anymore and you can save every four feet. You know what I mean? And I think that you've got to get over that. You got to think dying is just, it's part of the experience. Uh, yeah. And it means you're doing the right thing because you did something that you're now going to know, crap, I shouldn't have done it that way. And you're going to be better prepared the next, the next time you go. So Dan, I want to I want to ask you on this because I know um, we've talked about this at length as well. Um, we've kind of joked about these games, and you've you're I think don't let me speak for you, but I think you're one of the the type where it's like uh, kind of like a Fat Boy said, where it's like you die and you may die a couple times. It's like, look, I don't want to keep doing this. Um, yeah. So here is the thing: it's not. I said it before, and that you know, hot take again. These are all basically the same games to me. They're all you know, hard difficulty, <laughs> precise combat, Estes flask, campfire, you know, I, I, you, you can sit there and you can make a list of stuff that all these games have in common with a different setting. So I stand by that. However, Jedi Fallen Order, right, was as close as to a soul-like, souls-like experience, I think, that I'll ever come because I thought that was a normal difficulty the right amount of challenge for me like you can set you know your difficulty and in basically what it does is just gives you uh, more of a time frame you know it, it increases the parrying time mm -hmm. right like okay yeah. I can, i've got a more more of a window here to block this lightsaber or block you know whatever you know so right at the normal difficulty it was challenging for me but it, i understand the rewarding part because yeah but once you get i think past you know, I tried the level above that and it it was just, I was just like, man, this is just frustrating. Like, I don't have time to, you know, I guess sit there and die 15,000 times so I can learn, you know, I, I get no, and I also get no sense of accomplishment because I'm not very competitive. You know, I, I don't, I don't have that. And I think a lot of people are, and I think a lot of people want to experience these games and their stories like myself and, mm -hmm. and want to see what it's about. I think you could do it. He chose not to, and that's his prerogative. And I have no problem with it. That's what he wants to make. That's his, he's the creator, right? I mean, that's yeah. no problem with it. Um, I don't, you know, I, I think in this era of, you know, trying to be a lot of games, trying to be more accessible, he's going kind of a different direction. And there's, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It, it, it makes it very unique, that genre, that subgenre anyway, that is, you know, for certain people that like that challenge, you know, it's like racing games, man. I, know, I mean, some people love them. Some people don't. If you don't like them, don't play them. You know, I mean, I would love to, but I just don't care enough yeah. to, you know, I mean, I, and I've tried Souls and Souls games, Dark Souls 1 and 3 and try Bloodborne. That was just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <I agree. laughs> uh, yeah. And that one, I, I was like, why? I kept shutting it off because I was like, why I keep dying right in this beginning part? Well, yeah, I figure out you finally, you have to die to actually yeah. keep going. Yeah. So like, I didn't even make it past the graveyard. It's a metaphor. Like, yeah. 
yeah, I don't uh, know. yeah. I I just think it's. I'm I'm not <laughs> saying that dying isn't frustrating in some games. Like it kind of just just de- depends on how a game is is built because in roguelikes dying is essential and everyone kind of just knows that like everybody knows you're going to die in death loop and everyone knows you're going to die in you know skull the hero slayer and, and these these sorts of roguelikes where it's designed but in dark souls for some reason it's grouped into this group of games that where dying is just is bad there are some games where dying's bad where like you lose 30 minutes of progress Persona 5, that's a game I never want to die in. Like, there's oh, no yeah. good parts to it. You just have to re-grind the same fights, and you lose, like, 30 minutes of your time, and there's, like, hard saves. But Dark Souls is designed around the idea that you're going to die a lot, so they make all the right moves. They're like, all right, checkpoints are going to be, like, super nearby. You're never going to lose any of your items. Like, all, all the, the stuff is sort of set up so that dying is, like, as as more, as most, more of a controlled kind of experience as possible. And so it's not really a matter of like get good or, you know, uh, don't die ever or anything like that. It's just, you kind of have to realize that these games are designed in a very specific way. And yeah, if it's your first time playing through, you're going to die a lot and that's fine. It's not, it's not a negative part of it. And, and to your point about the story, Dan, Mm -hmm. I find it weird that people want to just like play dark souls just for the story and have like an easy mode or a mode where they can't die or whatever. Um, I don't think the soul stories are particularly good if you're just getting the the parts like the cutscenes. Like if you just see the cutscenes straight up, you get nothing from the game. Really, to me, the Souls game story is the experience. It is you fighting a boss 15 times and then eventually beating it. That's kind of the story of the games. And so if you just fought each boss once and got to the end of the game and you saw the cutscenes, I don't think you would get anything from it. I really think that that's like not the strength of the game. So I find it weird that there's people who want to see the end and think that that's going to be satisfying for them. I mean, even the games that have the most story, like Sekiro, it's very minimal. Like if you just watch the cutscenes, there's basically nothing. That's what I've heard mostly, you know, from from Souls players. The story really is is more, you know, lore-based and and stuff that you can find throughout the game. Character-based. Character-based, okay. Well, you know, and, and, and it's really not that's really not the reason these games are made. It's not like, and, and that's fine. You know, and I totally understand that. Um, to, you know, I, I think it can be done. And I think Jedi Fallen Order proves that, it. you know, those options can be included. Whether or not he chooses to do it, obviously he doesn't. But th- with this game, with Elden Ring, I think for me anyway, I'm, I, I love I love Game of Thrones. I love what, you know, George R. R. Martin did. So, I mean, that from a story aspect, I'm, I'm thinking maybe this will have more content or, you know, or more of a fleshed out story, more of a, you know, this is why I want to do this. This is what's happening in this world. I don't know that for sure. You know, and, and I, and like I said, I can't comment on dark souls games because I don't, I haven't played them really. I mean, I've only played very minimal amounts, you know, I, I can just base it off of what other people have said uh, about the story, but that's, that's, some people play it for different reasons though, you know, games in general, you know, I mean, I play horizon for, you know, a little bit of both, you know, and I, I want, I want a good story like God of war, you know, it's a very, very good story. I really like the, you know, the father son relationship and then how they did it. And the gameplay was just kind of, you know, additional to that, you know, to me, you know, so it, it's, it's, I think it's just all on the person. I, I really do. And I, I, I used to play games, you know, beat Ninja Gaiden back in, you know, the NES days. Nice. You know, and that stuff was hard. And, but that was, yeah, you know, I was, 
also way younger and you know, I didn't have shaky hands and, you know, I could see without having to squint and, you know, do all this other stuff. So, you know, that's another thing for me is just, I'm just getting older. You know, I don't have the physical capabilities, you know, to do what I used to do in, in games. You know, that's again, another reason why I don't play multiplayer. My reflexes aren't nearly as good as they were 10 or 15 years ago where I could, you know, snap to a, you know, see that sniper. And, you know, I, I, I when PUBG came out, it was a good example. I, I played one <laughs> game on Xbox, right? My first game, and my son was sitting there watching with me. And I'm on like a 65-inch screen TV, you know, and, and we're sitting there playing it, and it's I'm down to three people, and he's like, I'm like, where are these other two guys? You know, the circle's getting smaller. He's like, oh, he's right there. I'm like, what the hell are you looking at? I'm over there like, what? This little tiny dude way out in the distance. I don't know how he saw him, like in a tree. Or, you know, I'm just like, what? how did you see that guy? There is no way. I would have been annihilated actually ended up winning you know got my chicken <laughs> dinner never played another game except with veins a couple times and that was it which was so, hilarious I mean, it, it, yeah i mean it's 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 one of those things where it's just physically my my I'm, I'm losing that capability um mentally i don't care about you know the challenge because that's never been one of those things that have you know pushed me into the to the hobby i guess it's more of just experience the story um and and like i said i'm, I'm not really do, not missing much apparently you know with the souls like <laughs> games so yeah it I, i'm fine with what he wants to do you know do what you're gonna do you know i i appreciate that there are these genres and, and and games that um people do enjoy and that really really enjoy them um is there a little bit of fomo yeah but you know i can't play everything there's so, yeah. you know, only so much you know time in a day so i was gonna say is. i think there's a couple differences there Couple, uh, there's a couple things I want to comment there, and there's some comments I want to get to, too. Uh, sure. In fact, J Joe had a fantastic comment here, which I think is is really on point, which is they're lore-rich, not narrative-focused. Um, and I think that's a really yeah. good comment. You mentioned, like, God of War, Dan, and as you play through God of War and you get the experience with Kratos and his maturation and then his experience with uh, Atreus and the relationship with his son and all that, that's all narrative-driven, right? Mm -hmm. And right. generally speaking, qualms aside... Uh, when you think about the PlayStation first party games, they're, they're narrative driven. That's what they've become known for. And that's some people love it. Uh, some people don't, doesn't matter, yeah. but that's what they are. Um, whereas uh, lore rich is a good way to say it because this, these are games just like the gameplay itself, almost where they are a bit cryptic and they don't hand you everything. And you don't get the five minute cutscene where it's like a movie. Um, it's pretty much the most opposite thing of Kojima you can think of. Um, where there's tons and tons in the game. There's tons of backstories to the characters. There's um, just an incredible amount of lore, as, as Joe alluded to, but you, the player, have to seek that out. Maybe you can um, do both, right? And Prey, I think, can. proved that more than anything else. You know, well, that was a very good narrative-driven game with a ton of lore, if you actually took your time. Yeah, yeah I definitely can. Prey. Oh, yeah. Pray. Yeah, yeah I mean, you definitely was, was... can do both, but I think, I think Dark Souls intentionally doesn't do both because That's the fun. narrative... Yeah is sort of, I think it distracts from the experience of like, you know, immersing well, yourself well, in the world and stuff. Based on what I said, you know, based on Martin doing the story and helping with the story, do you guys think that this will have more of a narrative than previous Dark Souls? It no. sounds like he helped with the world building, yes. not the okay. story. So I think, exactly. it's, I think it's gonna be the exact same thing. Okay. Actually, and he talked about how he created elements of the world and the characters, but that's it. And his involvement okay. apparently ended like five years ago. Um, yeah. like, well, then, it, makes sense. yeah, it's so it was just like kind of a big name drop, 
And you know, he did some stuff for the <laughs> he, he helps some... with world building, though. I mean, yeah. George R. R. Martin well, hey, is probably yeah, a better be world good. builder than he is a storyteller. That's yeah, probably true. Real. Yeah. So yeah. I want to I I want to come back to one other point uh, that we're going to talk about, which is kind of um, uh, the capability and the ease of access of help, co-op, multiplayer, etc. But before I do that, um, so the interesting thing here, uh, two two points. One is that uh, Paul was talking about accessibility. Um, and I think that oftentimes difficulty and accessibility are kind of merged together when they shouldn't be. They're two different topics. And so let's be clear that we're talking about difficulty, not accessibility. Accessibility, especially as I know Paul's referring to it, is the capability for people in general just to be able to play the game. Um, and I, I don't think any of us, I'm, I'm, say openly i'm not playing elden ring yet i did play the tech test um i don't know what the final game will have in terms of accessibility options um so i don't know what that looks like i don't know if from's going to do a good job there or not it's obviously becoming more and more standardized across AAA studios to really make games accessible i don't know where that stands um i don't know if either of you guys have any insight i don't but i i don't know yeah. what that looks like this game i don't i don't as well um, um Sure, the other the other thing I find interesting, and Fatboy said it somewhere. I can't really find it. Oh, he said he said he's the guy who beat Ghouls and Ghosts, and I know Ghouls and Ghosts is always one of those 16-bit era games that is considered, yeah. you know, pinnacles of difficulty. And it was an incredibly difficult game. Uh, mm -hmm. I have beat it as well, um, just because I again I've I've loved those games in the past. But he said I think these games are bullshit, for lack of a better <laughs> phrase. Um, I agree. <laughs> I, I I agree with that I mean, because I think those games are poorly designed in terms of the death mechanics because there's no positive to doing it except for you just no, 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 time no. and progress. He said he beat Ghouls and Ghosts, but he thinks these games are bullshit. Souls, Souls games. That doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no, what? There, there's, there, there's some like I, I read that comment and my first thought was like, OK, but. So you like games that have like really shitty death mechanics where when you die, you, you have to start all over again and you lose everything, but you don't like a game that lets you keep most of your progress and like is way more accessible in terms of difficulty. Like it just, it, it's crazy to me. I, I just think it matters. It depends on the game. Like I said, some games dying is just a net negative. It's terrible. You gain nothing from do it, doing it. You just lose time. And some mm -hmm. games dying is just a part of the game and you just have to sort of figure that and then go into it. And I think we've all, we've all played games and know the difference between those two. Like yeah. we've all died and just been like, Oh God, I want to turn this game off. I lost so much, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that that's the problem here. Yeah. But, but accessibility is a separate discussion. Accessibility. I, here's I, the I think thing, difficulty though. as long as you can play the game on the platform, it has options for accessibility. Then the difficulty doesn't really matter. You can get good no matter what your input is, right? As long as you have an input that works for you in that game. So. Have you guys really dived into some of these accessibility options, though? Because a lot of them, by default, if you have them off, if you turn them on, make the game easier to play, all right? If you, if you okay. turn on auto-aiming, all right? So, mm -hmm. so accessibility and difficulty actually go hand in hand more than you guys. I understand what you're saying and that they're different, but by... By having that accessibility, you are, at times, depending on the game and the you know accessibility feature, making the game easier. That's true. So, so, so I, I don't think that they're that far apart. I think that um, you, I mean, like I said, I don't care 
necessarily that it, I actually, like I said, I do appreciate what he's doing. And, and I think that is going to resonate with his fans. And I think this is going to be a lot of people's game of the year this year, you know, and, and that's awesome. So I don't know, man, I think this is, I, I'm hoping for you guys that Elden Ring is like, we put in all this time to all these, I've done all these other games. This is what I was going for this entire time. You know, like this is, this is the cake. All, the, all, the you know, all the ingredients. Yeah. This is, this I, is I, Dan, I, I think you're right that accessibility and difficulty sometimes have correlation, but I don't think it's true for the soul series because there is oh, no, no aiming. Yeah. Well, like right. The, right. Yeah. For soul series, like that, all, all ranged weapons are auto aim and melee weapons. You never have to aim. It's really more about like timing and that sort of thing. And right. I think but then, overcoming, then again, yeah. Overcoming right. input and, and, Sure. time delays and that sort of thing i think is the big barrier but that's i see that as sort of separate from just the difficulty of the game i understand that but i mean you go back to jedi fallen order you can have an accessibility option that makes you know gives you that bigger window of of to parry to dodge to do whatever you know sure. and that that could be underneath an accessibility option yeah. by definition it makes it easier you know so i mean i'm not saying they should have it i'm not saying that you know i'm just saying that i think you can do both and, sure. and it's fine. I mean, it, like I said, you know, I, I yeah, really, it'd be awesome if more people could, could play these games, you know, and, and from, from both perspectives, from a difficulty level, from an accessibility level, you know, and, and I think that's been a big push in the industry, especially within the last five years. And it's been awesome to see. It's yeah. been really cool, you know, for awards to, you know, be given for the, you know, different accessibility options, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's where we need to go, but at the same time, I also understand where Souls players, you know, are coming from. Totally. I mean, I totally get it. I'm just not a competitive person, I guess, is what it comes down to for me. So, yeah. No, I, I think what you're alluding to is overlap, right? There can be overlap between accessibility sure. and difficulty. Uh, I think fundamentally, fundamentally, people kind of merge those things together in conversation when they can be two different topics. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Z Black, good to see you, man. I haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you. Um, by the way, Cerebral Paul in the chat uh, actually helps uh, uh, consults with Xbox on accessibility. Uh, nice. So, yeah, very cool. And uh, uh, Horizon 5, Forza, Forza Horizon, is a perfect example of the types of accessibility that, you know, are really broadening out in today's games, which is fantastic. So, um, the other topic I wanted to come back to is, uh, which kind of alludes, uh, kind of aligns with this is so Dan again this is not a game you're buying or that you expect to sure. play through but no. let's say that Travis and I are playing and we say okay join us jump in with us and you can play through the entire game with us does that interest someone like yourself to do that no not because <laughs> I don't like you guys but only <laughs> that's, that's part no. of it that's part of it. No, it's 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 only because I've I've never like unless the game is intentionally co-op, say like you know it takes two or whatever it is, you know if it's something like that, fine. I, that I mean you have to, you have no choice, you know. But for a game like this, or like Halo, for you know the Halo campaign, you know I, I don't want to. I want to enjoy it by myself. I want to you know I don't want. I, it's almost like. It's almost. I mean, I don't want to say it. But it's almost like an accessibility option where it's like. Like I, I shouldn't need somebody else to actually get through this stuff, you know. And, and it all depends on the payoff, I guess. Too. I mean, if it, if if I'm just playing through it and I'm just like, eh, you know, I'm I'm not gonna get that enjoyment out of it. I guess some people might, 
And a lot of people much rather prefer that kind of thing. But if I can't do it by myself, you know, I don't need, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like an idiot, you know, that I can't, just like, okay, I'm just going to let it go because I don't want to, you know, I, I don't need somebody else. If I need somebody else, then, you know, I'm not going to play the game. That's basically I what you. I think. It's okay. It's okay to need, need a friend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can admit not. it. We're all here for you. We're all here for you. By the way, this is my permanent pose from now on, apparently. Noise. Um, I'm still in the show. I can still hear you guys, talk to you guys, see everything live. And yet, <laughs> for some reason, my camera has completely frozen. So I, awesome. I don't I don't quite know how to fix this situation because I don't want to screw up the live feed. Um, so, um, yeah, this is going to be fun. Well, um, you know, well, Paul says, you know, I don't mind piggybacking. Had to do it for parts of dying light. And that's cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's and that's an excellent option for certain people. I, I don't know, man. I It's it's. Like if I were to go through like Halo and finish it and then come back and do it with somebody else, that would probably be something that I would be more apt to do. But doing it right off the bat with somebody else, I, it almost it sounds weird, but it almost cheapens it a little bit. So you're saying me. you're saying you're not good enough to play alone, no. but too proud to play in multiplayer. Yes. Wow, that's, exactly that's a that's a golden section of uh, of it's never going to be able to beat certain games. Yeah, percentage of the population. <laughs> yeah, so it's all um, right. Yeah, I uh... <laughs> frozen again, man. That's really weird. You restarted I, it, and you're still. To be honest with you, I don't know what to do. I think the only way I could fix this is to quite literally leave the stream and come back. But as I'm the host, I don't know what that would do to the whole stream. That's so yeah, I can you make think, somebody uh, else the host? I don't know. I honestly um, don't know. I don't right, think so. Well, yeah. So click guys, on the having issues button that seems to exist. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, you could have picked so many different poses though to actually be frozen in. That this one's not, not that, that bad. bad. It's yeah, not bad. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it looks like you're pondering the question. You could have been like this. Or something like <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. Your eyes yeah, closed and you're very, talking. Very pensive. I'm just gonna yeah. think the rest. The episode so yeah. apologies guys who join us live i don't know what's going on i've never had this happen before uh if you're listening to us obviously after the fact this doesn't matter so i think what we'll do is we'll just continue and hopefully at some point it resolves <laughs> five euro super chat the five, five uh, super chat yeah staring contest is getting out of hand <laughs> i got it good you're good double man down. you got game i'm gonna double down to 10 pounds it says that no one can beat me in the staring contest at this point wow impressive so, yeah i would have um, lost anyway they can just <laughs> lie about the fact that they're not blinking we can't see them so no verification um yeah, yeah this is kind of bizarre but anyway um so i i want to hear from you guys uh either leave a comment if you're listening to this later or chat right now around that is if you don't normally play the souls games and aren't aren't one who would pick up Elden Ring and play through it yourself, generally speaking. Are you interested in this game at the more um, kind of open co-op aspects of it? And do you plan on kind of taking advantage of that with people you play with or your friends to to play through this game and experience it? Because I'm really curious about that. Um, and I think Miyazaki obviously mentioned that uh, for a reason when he said that we hope that, you know, the, the capability to kind of... Um, bring friends in and play with other people makes this uh, a higher clear rate. So obviously they're thinking that that's going to have an impact on it, but I'm, I'm curious to see what people think about that. And I'll, I'll sit here and think about it while, uh, while we're talking. <laughs> you know, you know what though? I mean, if like, if you had another person that was at like the same skill level as you and you guys went into it and that actually, you know, that might be all right. You know, where I'm like, listen, you suck. I suck. 
you know, let's try this together and see if we can both maybe not suck as much, you know, and, and, and that would be all right. But if you, you bring in like, you know, the ringer, you know, your closer and, you know, it's just like, well, I'm just sitting here, I'm just watching you play, you know, and you're doing all the hard stuff. I mean, and there's no story or, you know, it's all lore based or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm just going to be sitting there and it's just going to be boring at that point. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Know, that, now, now, I don't know how if how their matchmaking is going to work. You know, I mean, no idea. But yeah, it's been that rough might be in other right. games. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I want to bring this back up because I realized we were kind of laughing about my stare in the super chat, and I didn't give him proper credit. So, Wandering Dutch. Yeah, Wandering thank Dutch. Thank you, sir. Host of the uh, Midweek Mix Up uh, uh, podcast and uh, the crew over there. So, thank you for the super chat, brother. Um, appreciate it. Sorry, we kind of we were we were laughing so much at this ridiculous pose. I kind of glossed over the super chat, and I didn't mean to. So, thank you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, so we are. Just over three weeks away officially from Elden Ring. Um, I don't know what the embargo date is. I, I think the last thing I wanted to ask you guys is we know that Sekiro won Game of the Year at the Game Awards in 2019. Sekiro, if you're familiar with it from the From Games, is a more focused experience. And what I mean by that is you're a set character. There's no character creator. It's a set story. It's kind of a it's it's a very from game, but it's, it's slightly different from the other from games. And so I guess the question I want to ask you guys is knowing how popular this is trending, the conversation we just had, knowing that it's still going to be very difficult, um, but slightly more capable in terms of the co-op options. Do you think this is the game for From that truly transcends their image of only being for people who like difficult games? I think so. I think I already said I think it could be game of the year for several people. Um, I think it'll I think it will. Uh, unless it comes out and it just sucks and is buggier than hell. I mean, and people are just like, what is this? Or it's super easy. And souls like players are like, what, what am I playing? I can tell you and neither of those things are true. Okay. Yeah, well then, you're, then it'll sure. be fine. I think it'll, I think it will break through. I think there's enough of a fandom for these games that it will 100% be nominated next year for game of the year uh, in the game awards, you know, at least, but I think it'll also be on several people's individual lists. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's it's. I think it'll transcend it. Okay. I kind of think um, no. <laughs> I guess is my answer. Um, I, I think uh, it, it's going to be a, a great game, and I think lots of people are, are going to like it. Probably more than ever have because these games clearly have a growing audience. Um, but I I think that if if there was some sort of barrier that souls was trying to break through to get into the mainstream they must have already done it by now because uh i mean sekiro won game of the year as as we talked about earlier you know it won game of the year and uh all of the other uh souls games have had increasingly larger audiences but they still have that reputation for being for hardcore people that like these extreme games and i i honestly think that reputation probably plays to their strength a little bit or plays to their advantage rather um just having that that reputation um so i i don't I, I don't think so i think more people will play it than ever it'll be hugely popular and it'll still have the same sort of stigma reputation uh not always a stigma sometimes an advantage in my case definitely uh an advantage um but yeah i i, I think it'll 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 continue to have that and uh regardless of how popular it gets yeah fair enough 
Fair enough. Um, yeah, I personally, I do think that, um, I think that stigma is going to stay. I'm kind of mixed between you guys. I think the stigma is going to stay, but I think what we've seen over the past few years is that the, the from games, and I, I know Sekiro helped with this dark souls three and bloodborne are revisited endlessly. I think that they've just grown and grown in popularity. Um, and I think that this game has so much hype be- behind it. There's so many people who have just recently discovered the souls games um that are looking forward to this uh joining the experience at a launch you know what i mean like they might have played dark souls 3 last year for the first time but that was five years after launch and they didn't get to experience it with the community when it released which is a whole different thing for souls games um i feel that this is going to be uh is going to be that one that kind of breaks those barriers a little bit at least Uh, i don't think Mm -hmm. it's going to reach kind of mass appeal like we would think uh you know some normal triple a ip but i i do do think that this is going to transcend those those borders more than any from game before is what i would say so yeah we'll see i think to a certain extent every every next souls game has done that like it, it always gets bigger and bigger than we think it's going to get um and i expect this to to go into the same direction i don't think it's ever going backwards where except for maybe with demon souls that game is kind of obtuse uh it is. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think they're ever going back. I think it's just going to keep growing. And clearly, if the uh, the internet metrics, the Google SEO is is anything to go by, this game has mad hype. Yes. Um, but I, I still think that there's yeah there's there's just too there's too much like uh, media around how hard and difficult and like crazy those games are. So I, I don't know if that'll ever go away. And I, yeah. I don't know if it would be in their best interest if it did. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So. Perfectly fair. That's true, because to to some degree, and obviously this is not really measurable, but to some degree that stigma helps the game, right? Yeah. Because there are the there's a, yeah. yeah, there's a subset of audience that comes to those games for that reason, as we said. So, um, yeah, guys. So if you just join us, I see some you know more people signing on to watch. Uh, sorry about the camera; it froze. So, guys, what I did, I unplugged the camera and tried to reboot the camera itself. And now, if I try to start the camera, it literally removes me from the show. So Moist. Yeah, so I, I don't have an option at this point. I'm going to have to finish the show like this, which is kind of weird because I keep looking at the camera every time I speak out of habit. Um, so uh, <laughs> it is what it is. So sorry about that. Anyway, enough about that. Let's go well, ahead. You're and looking on. better than you ever have on this show. <laughs> man. So. Yeah, that's that's my glamour shot right there. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, get that up. <laughs> um, so let's let's jump over to some other topics. Uh, we joked about Star Wars earlier. We got the announcement. Uh, and some clarification, I would say, earlier this week from EA and Respawn around the Star Wars titles that are coming. So they basically confirmed three new Star Wars titles. Um, I know we knew about uh, a couple of these previously, but basically the news is that uh, Lucasfilm, so Lucasfilm Games is back. We announced that, you know, they kind of announced their return last year. And EA are working on three Star Wars games. Vince Ampella of Respawn is overseeing uh, the development of all three. So he's kind of this overarching curator of their relationship with Star Wars games. Travis already got me distracted. Um, Stig Asmussen is the uh, director on Jedi Fallen Order 2. He did direct the first one. It's a very celebrated game, as Dan was talking about earlier. So um, I personally really enjoyed that game. I did have some qualms with it. Um, and I, uh, when people say it's a soul star Wars games, um, it takes elements from it, but I don't know if that's a, a, you know, I I don't think it's a generally a one-to-one comparison there, but regardless, I wouldn't call it that, but it's a damn good adventure game. 
it is a good adventure game. Uh, let's let's please redo the map for part two. Okay. Oh my Thank god. You. Um, What's wrong so with the that, map? No, oh, it's terrible. That's like the worst map in any game ever created. What that map? might be true. It's it's. Oh, oh I get what you're saying. Wait, you know, it was like a hologram a world map. Hologram map. Yeah. I thought you were saying yeah. the level design. I was like, no, no. whoa, I no, no. love the level design. Well, uh, level design's questionable too as parts. Really? But anyway, anyway, yeah, come anyway. on. Oh, um, good. It's got shortcuts so, and opens up. It's super. Cool. It does. It does those things well. It does. Uh, so Jedi Fallen Order Two is coming. Uh, Peter Hirschman uh, is directing a Star Wars first person shooter, and this is the one that interests me the most personally. Uh, his previous work includes Battlefront 2, the 2005 Battlefront 2, um, and he was also responsible for The Force Unleashed, which I admittedly have not played, but I've always heard what? very I've always heard very good wow. things about. Yes. Wow. Wow, he didn't and, play The Force oof. Unleashed no longer canon. <laughs> <laughs> and then wow. uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly, Greg Fowerched, Fowerch, sure. um, who is the head of new studio Bit Reactor. Uh, is working on that studio is working on a Star Wars strategy title. Now they didn't clarify whether or not this is like a XCOM type thing, or like a full on like RTS. Um, I don't know, but uh, still interesting, right? So you're kind of getting this ARPG or however you want to describe uh, Jedi Fallen Order. You're getting a first person shooter, and you're getting a strategy title. And let's keep in mind that they've said that uh, you know EA is not the only one making Star Wars games too. So. Uh, like we know Ubisoft, for instance, is working on a Star Wars game as well. So and uh, the the Detroit Become Human people, Quantic Dream, doing, yes, are doing their Star Wars Dream, title as well. Yeah, Star Wars High Republic, uh, yes. So um, basically, what I want to ask you guys about these titles. I mean, we knew Jedi Fallen Order two was coming, um, so I think that's good news. A lot of apparently, know, it's this year though. I did that's what not saying. Did not hear that. Mm. Which I kind of don't believe, but we'll see. No. Yes, yeah, I don't believe that either. Um, but what would you guys like to see out of this? When we talk about a first-person shooter and we talk about a Star Wars strategy title, if you could kind of think about, you guys are bigger Star Wars guys than me. You know the you know the the background of that stuff a lot more than me. What would you like to see out of these? Like, what would really kind of interest you that we haven't seen before? I mean, I can care less about the FPS. I guess. Really? <laughs> yeah, you know, that that one doesn't interest me could be good though it could be you know i mean i I did like you know like was it dark gosh was the old games dark forces is that what it was so good back in the day yeah they were so good so good i I think we can do something like that that would be pretty cool i wasn't a humongous battlefront fan um they were all right though i mean they were they were pretty good yeah they were they were what they were yeah and yeah i enjoyed them um the strategy game on the other hand, if I could get some kind of like homeworld Star Wars game where I could do, you know, where you, you built your fleet, you know, say like your rebel fleet or, you know, like out of, you know, and you had to go something to that effect with some kind of, you know, story behind it. I, that would be cool to me. Or, you know, you guys said yeah. XCOM game. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of those. I think. I mean, that <laughs> would be good. fantastic, though, in yeah. Star Wars if you could customize yeah, I mean, your squad. Yeah, that would be yeah, super cool. I think they could do a lot of things with it. Um, I'd rather see that like an RTS because Age of was Age of Empire, not Age of Empire, the 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 Star Wars version. Those were some of my favorite games. Um, God, what the hell were they called? Battle something. I know what you're talking sure. about. Uh, yeah, they were like Star Wars Age of Empire games. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, they were they were super fun. Um, that would be cool too. Um, 
less the XCOM's way, only because I think there's a lot of games out there right now that you know have that formula. And there's XCOM, which does it the best anyway. Uh, um, for, Force Commander, uh, Galactic Battlegrounds. Get Battlegrounds. That's Battleground. It that's it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. yep. I still have those games on PC. I play them every once in a while. Um, but uh, as far as the FPS, I don't know what they what they're gonna do. Um, there, there's so much potential in that universe. You know, there's so much potential to do. Basically, you know, whatever you want now. Um, what era they're gonna do it in? You know, there's there's a lot of different things that go into it. So I'm excited for all these games. I'm sure I'll play all of them um, as a Star Wars fan, but. I don't know, man. Jedi Ball Order Two. If it comes this year, blow me away. There's no That'd way. That'd be crazy. There's no way. It could though. They already built the. They already built the engine. I assume it's going to run on the same engine. So I, I guess I they just need time it. to redo the map, and then it'll be good. Yeah. To well, all, all, all they need to do is is add you know new levels basically, and mm-hmm. you know maybe some new powers and stuff. If if they wanted to do just sort of like a a straight sequel without overhauling anything it i feel like once you once you make the first game and the first game is good that's the that's the hard part right uh, I, one we'll thing see. i really want to see in these games uh, i loved in knights of the old republic specifically is uh like i really want them to go deeper this sounds stupid i know but go deeper with lightsaber customization like oh, really yeah. allow you to personalize how you build those things and, and and put some like uh either stats or some like leveling or rpg mechanics you know specifically behind be your cool. weaponry like that yeah it'd be cool well i don't think you're gonna get that from any of these three games yeah uh, i'd I be really Jedi surprised an order goes a little deeper because all they did was like colors right you had your you could, powers but, and that, had- but that game's not really about stats and stuff on uh, at least that's what i remember yeah. i don't really remember focusing on stats that's why it's just games. okay how dare you? <laughs> um, I love that game. I love that game a lot. Uh, and not just because it's Star Wars. Although that is a part of it. Uh, yeah, so I, I couldn't be more excited about Jedi Fallen Order 2. I didn't even think about the map thing, but yeah, that was kind of irritating. I think they were trying to go with like the hollow maps that they have in the Star Wars universe. They were just yeah. trying to copy that, and it just it didn't translate super well in the game. But um I guess I'm just used to looking at hollow maps because I play so much Star Wars. It didn't even really bother me. Um, the shooter, there's a lot of different possibilities. They could do something we've never seen before. They could be bringing back the 1313 canceled uh, idea for the game. They could do something like uh, Jedi Knight, uh, you know, the, the Kyle Katarn games where you fought with a gun early on in the game and then partway through you discovered your force powers and then they give you a lightsaber it's still kind of a first person shooter first person game but you have a, a lightsaber for part of it um and uh they could do you know something we are not expecting uh like you know you playing a stormtrooper or kind of like a, a new uh story driven shooting game kind of like the story mode in battlefront uh two or something like that we'll, we'll see i just hope it's not you know another like large multiplayer game if, if it's something like battlefront or a multiplayer shooter i'll be kind of disappointed i, I kind of want them to just do something i haven't seen before or uh or you know mix mix things up a little bit which i think they will otherwise they probably wouldn't have announced it this way they probably would have been like yeah we're doing another battlefront game or something so we'll see how that works as for the strategy game, I have no idea what they're going to do. Star Wars is perfectly suited for an RTS because it's all about wars and there's different factions that have different uh, you know, types of 
vehicles and uh, races, species that, that fight for them and that sort of stuff. So it, it definitely could be well suited for that. Uh, but I also would love to see like an XCOM thing just so that we can get a little bit more uh, RPG with it. Um, to your point, uh, E, or sorry, uh, your point, Ains, uh, I think um, that would be huge if, uh, if they could do like a lightsaber customization and stats and stuff on an XCOM like uh, turn based yeah. game. I think that would be dope. Uh, but we'll, we'll see if it, if they do that. Also a tactics game would be great in star Wars. If they could do like a turn based tactics game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that counts as a strategy game. I, I think people tend to mean more like RTSs or XCOM when they say strategy, but I think a, a tactics game would be fantastic <laughs> <laughs> in star Wars. It's so good. So I would love to see something like that. Yes, there's just a lot of opportunity there. I mean, it goes without saying Star Wars, one of the biggest IPs in the world, and there's so much depth there that, I mean, any genre, it can basically take any genre and make it really well. You just need solid development and design choices. So I hope that's what we get. And obviously, um, Cerebral Paul says, uh, rumor says May 4th will be the big reveal, which obviously makes sense. Um, hopefully we get a, a lot more information uh, at that point on these games. But it's exciting nonetheless. I, I mean... <sighs> I think the complaint over the past decade, right, with EA having the Star Wars license has been that they've kind of floundered with it. Um, and that was the general consensus. And now we're getting to the point where, one, it's not just EA having the license. So we get new games or other games, like we said. Uh, but also the fact that they're allowing Vince Zampella to oversee everything and kind of letting the good studios like Respawn handle the Star Wars games, um, I think is a good thing as well. So I think, in my opinion, you're probably going to see a a golden age of star Wars games in the next several years that, you know, for, for guys like you who really adore star Wars, I think it's going to be a, a great era. Yeah. I'm ready so, for it, man. Yeah. Keep them coming. All right. Moving on. We're going to move over to Xbox real quick. We got some things. Um, we got their fiscal results and, you know, I just mentioned this stuff because we always kind of celebrate these companies doing well and, and uh, you know, obviously bringing us the games that we love. So the uh, the fiscal results came out for Microsoft's calendar year, which is calendar year 2021. Um, and as we kind of always reiterate, um, they did they, they they made some money, you know, they did okay. What? Yeah, they did okay. So uh, their <laughs> their total gaming revenue was 16.3 billion. Um, that is up 17.7 percent since last year. And calendar year to year, it's their best year ever. Content and services revenue was $12.6 billion, again, up almost 9% year-over-year. Hardware revenue, obviously, up uh, 63% just because of uh, the series consoles, uh, $3.7 billion. So um, just their, their best calendar year to date by, a, by quite a long shot, by almost uh, more than $2 billion. And obviously, this goes without saying that's really before anything to do with Activision Blizzard. And that's not even accounting for um, their full fiscal year, if you will. It's separate. It's a calendar year. So just wanted to shout out that, um, you know, it's good. It means more games for us. Good stuff. Uh, But I wanted to transition on the Xbox side to a report that came out this week. Uh, Jeff Grubb and Jess Corden both reporting it, uh, as well as some other kind of uh, comments around it that Xbox is working with Certain Affinity. So if you're not familiar with Certain Affinity, a really talented studio, ex-Bungie developers have done a lot of work on uh, Destiny, or excuse me, uh, Halo um, in the past and worked with Xbox on several things, that they are working with Xbox directly and have been for years now on developing a Monster Hunter-style game. 
um, that is set to release potentially next year in 2023, might get pushed to 2024, but a, a big kind of AAA Monster Hunter co-op multiplayer style game. Um, and I only have one question. Is this going to be good? Because Monster Hunter is not. No, I won't say that on the show, but uh, I know uh, Monster Hunter. Times. You've also said it at other shows, other episodes. <laughs> you've said it a lot. Um, Luckily, I'm not on camera. Um, I mean, I, so. I kind of agree. Like, my problem with Monster Hunter is how grindy it is and how long the fights are where you're just kind of, like, beating the same beast over and over again. I, I, I just... It seems like I should love the Monster Hunter games. They have everything that sounds awesome. And for some reason, I every time I play them, I'm like, I don't know. It's just not clicking with me. So um, I get your trepidation there, but... Um, a monster hunter like game sounds great. Like I, I, <laughs> like I, I like everything about the idea. So if another studio were to try their hands at it, of course I'd play it. Even though the other, uh, the other monster, the actual monster hunter games have never really clicked with me. I, I want to like those games. I certainly would, uh, would give a, a chance to another monster hunter game, especially if it was made by a separate team and was sort of a fresh start, but hell yeah, that sounds dope. Like bring it on. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm just like you. I'm like okay. The I've always the, the concept of Monster Hunter. To your point, is really strong. Um, yeah, I really like the idea. Yeah, just yeah, getting in a group and killing gigantic monsters and and kind of having those RPG mechanics we seem to keep circling back to on this week's episode of leveling and and unique weapons and abilities and all those things is great. I just think the my issue with Monster Hunter, to your point, has always been it's very cumbersome and clunky to me. Um, and that's what I really haven't enjoyed about that. So if, if they make this and, you know, uh, depends how you take this, but more of a Western style where it's uh, character driven um, and has those RPG elements and has the kind of gameplay, but it's more fluid, if you will. Um, yeah, I, I could be definitely into this one. Dan, you like Monster Hunter as it is. So where do, what do you think on uh, what do you think on this? I mean, all right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I feel like either we're running out of ideas or we're just reusing stuff at this point. I'm fine with another Monster Hunter style game because there's really not a whole lot of them out there. I know the combat's always been kind of the, the tipping point between fans and, you know, I think not fans. So um, it, I was fine with it only because I found a weapon that I, I could use and uh, be effective with. But I also understand you know, it's not like you go grab a sword and you just go out and you just beat the crap out of these things. It just doesn't play that way for some reason. That's how it should be, but it doesn't. But you get something like the Insect Glaive or something like that. It's a little bit more versatile, makes you a little bit more mobile. Um, it plays a little bit differently. <clears throat> it's more about combos and, and, and time and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I'm not like super Monster Hunter fan guy, but I did enjoy my time with it and, and building the armors and and, and doing all that stuff was fun. I kind of got back into it a little bit. Uh, I, and I say a little, I mean very little. I re-downloaded it to see what it looked like uh, in 60 FPS. That was a terrible mistake. Uh, I, I'm never going to do that again because if you don't start from the beginning, it's one of those games that you and you don't play it constantly. Yeah, you just lose it's a lot. All, it's, it's a lot yeah. to kind of go back to right off the bat and i was just like oh my god i gotta start all the way over with maybe that's what it is too it's also just a lot to learn i feel like i'm so behind on the franchise that when i played monster hunter world i was just like dude i have no idea what's going on like it was it was a lot to catch up on yeah Yeah. it's tough for sure yeah 
I, you know, someone, Sarko just joked, Monster Hunter Ordnance Edition, guns, bombs, arsenals, and more guns. And I was thinking to myself, there's nothing in, in the report out of anything I've seen that says it, it is just like Monster Hunter. It, it, who knows? It could be a, yeah. a four player with guns and who knows? You never know. Or it could be something like Lost Planet. Like those games were kind of dope. At least when they were good, they were dope. Sometimes they weren't weren't good, but when they hit, when those games hit, they were awesome because it's kind of the same idea, you know, with friends uh, killing giant monsters. Those games are cool. You guys yeah. ever play any of those games? Yeah, yeah, I actually have the, the collector's edition of two. I think it is part two. What games? Uh, I can't sorry. remember if two is good. I remember Lost two being. Planet. I to oh, me, yeah. I think one was the best one. Three, three was like a totally different type of game. Yeah. It was like a. Yeah. What is it with the EA back then? It's like, or that was Capcom, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was Capcom. Was they used to make weird it, games. Well, yeah, and they, and they, you know, you you create a new IP. It does well. It's a good game. You kind of build upon it with two, right? And then um, three. It always felt like the third game in those series always just went out the door. Like they tried to go too far and just ruined it. And that seems yeah. to happen. Like Dead Space was the same thing. It's like one and two were brilliant, and three it's just like, uh, okay. I think I think it was because two was like such a multiplayer focused game that a lot of people were like, "Damn, I miss one because one was more of like a story based game." So then in three they were like, "Oh, we're gonna make it a story based game," and they just went, they just picked the wrong direction. Like that game was not. I think I reviewed that game. That was like years ago. I think I read a review for that game three, and I did not like it. Um, yeah. 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 Cool kill said he's listening and shoveling snow. Godspeed, my friend. Uh, I good, don't know good, where exactly you are. There's, there's a lot of snow out there. I've um, never seen it snowing. I live in California. What, what? That is weird. Yeah, I know. I've never, I've seen snow. I've just never seen it falling. I've never seen snow <laughs> fall from the sky. I, I'm just, I'm just there afterwards. I'm like, look, there's snow. I've only seen snow after it's landed, not in yeah, the process. Yeah, that's, that's it. And I, I've traveled a lot, just to be clear. It's not like I've not, I've been outside. I go, I go and I just miss it because it only snows for like, what, a couple hours and then, then just sits there for the rest of the time, right? <laughs> so I just never have been there. By the way, Steve makes a good point. Sarka, that's called Evolve and no one liked it. Yeah. Remember when the everyone thought the 4v1 genre was going to be the next big thing? Yeah, that didn't. You know really what's happen. funny is I, I really thought that had a lot of potential. And I liked Evolved as is. I honestly think their problem was uh, creating enough content to keep up with. Because it was kind of like a game as a service game. I just I, I think they would have had to they would have had to create so much content to keep up with it. There, there's no way they could have done it to keep yeah. people's attention. Yeah, I, I like the base game, though. That was a cool idea. Neat idea, yeah. But to your point, it got it got repetitive really quickly. Yeah, yeah. As as those games always do. I don't. I still don't understand how people played like Team Fortress Two for as long as they did. To me, and still like, are. And still I know are. they're still playing it. Like I, I, to me, those games, it's like they don't really add content to it. it. Once you've played one match, you've kind of played them all. But people really, I guess, I guess people could probably say the same thing about Halo, which you and I could play like four hundred you know hours of that without blinking. So hey, let's not bring Halo into this. But let's go ahead and bring Halo into this because that's our next topic anyway. Is that the <laughs> that was on purpose? It was a segue. That, uh, the uh, the report also said that certain affinity actually has two teams, two projects. Uh, obviously, this game we just talked about, but their other project is developing a unique mode, new mode for Halo Infinite, working side by side with three four three as they have done for years now. So a lot of kind of snuck out about this. So this was in Windows Central report. And then other people commented, and I know some of the Halo um, kind of community, some of the guys who really dig into things started talking about this. So I kind of went down the rabbit hole this morning, and here's what I found, is that 
the rumors are that this is a battle royale and the new attrition mode in the game would kind of lend itself to people thinking that because it actually has revives first time in halo it has a ring that closes in and will kill you just like battle royales um but from what i found this morning is that this is not a br uh in fact one guy said it's more that it's a bigger big team battle in that uh the teams are going to have uh forward operating bases like things they can control and areas on a map you'll be able to do things like hack sentinels uh and bring like uh, PVE and PVP elements in together, uh, that this is going to be integrated with forge when forge releases later this year. And that over time it will allow player created content to exist within the mode. Um, and that it may even have its own progression system built into this basically like this will be a standalone kind of huge thing in halo infinite, but all of your your personal Spartan that you've built all of your cosmetics, your, you know, all the stuff that you have in there today, We'll still come over um so it'll be it, it feels almost like even though this is a br it feels almost like a war zone to call of duty type thing where they're building this separate kind of big platform experience but it's still part of the halo infinite universe so this is this is really interesting to me um forge always brings a lot of content to halo and um you know that will be what sustains the game in the long term a big part of that but if they're kind of building this gigantic new mode which will be brand new to halo it's got all this kind of pve and pvp elements um it ties in with forge and all these other things this could be really really big and interesting and certain affinity what they've made in halo and the stuff they work on is genuinely genuinely excellent so i'm i'm very interested to see what comes to this and when we actually hear about it in reality yeah uh to me even if it's just bigger team battle it seems like it's a gateway to a battle royale regardless i feel like that's like inevitability i kind of felt that way about warzone too uh, that was the halo 5 guardians mode right warzone the pve yes. pvp version yeah yeah oh uh, yeah so i reference warzone from call of duty which is their battle royale but obviously in Halo 5, you had the 12 on 12 Warzone mode as well, which is PvP. Yeah. PV. Yep. Yeah, it's getting confusing with people reusing <laughs> the same like terms. But uh yeah, uh I I think like I whatever they're building, I'm I'm stoked for it. I'm sure I'll play it. I, I hope that they're not prioritizing whatever that mode is over stuff like Forge and co-op and the story and things that I think they desperately need to get out there before uh before the fans go crazy. Um but I, I'm I'm interested in a new mode. I'm wondering, like, especially with the Activision Blizzard acquisition, it seems like a, a Halo rogue or a Halo um, battle royale at this point is like a foregone conclusion. Like, some team is going to make that, even if it's not three four three, right? Because they have so many shooter studios now that want to work on stuff. I just I feel like it's it's coming regardless. Um, but yeah, that, that that's interesting. I'm I. I I haven't been keeping that close of an eye on on the Halo news. I've been been playing uh, the events and, and doing my dailies and that sort of stuff. But that's about it. But uh, I'm interested to see what's next for the uh, the sandbox. Just as a as a guy who tries to play as much Halo as I possibly can fit into a day. So. <laughs> yeah, and I you know three four three has kind of alluded to you know Infinite. Obviously, the name is representative of the content they're going for. That this is their platform, and that there's a whole bunch of things in the works. Um, I have to wonder to your point around, you know, updating uh, the next battle pass, the next season, Forge, campaign co-op, uh, infinite expan- uh, campaign expansions. 
that that's why certain affinity is apparently developing this way with their team is that three, four, three already has so much on their plate to work with for the core game. So that's what I hope anyway. Um, but it would seem to make sense. And I wonder if, I wonder if they're going to, one of the things that kind of the halo community has too, is when you have forge, right, there's nothing stopping you from giving players the ability to create battle royales with just the tools, right? Giving them the options to say, okay, uh, server selection, jump into this, 60-player match, and it's going to be Battle Royale, every man for themselves. Um, there's nothing stopping them from doing that as kind of a custom mode that is accessible to everyone, rather than saying, like, 343 playlist that's a Battle Royale. So, yep, interesting. Dan, I know you don't really have a lot of input on this. Um, nothing. I they... saw him, like, doing something else. I think he took a bathroom break during all of this. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm just peeing really myself. That's all I have <laughs> Nice. The only thing I was going to ask you is, is there any interest in PvP slash PvE modes in something no, like Halo? absolutely. Because really. that's, now you, yeah, now you become Sea of Thieves. So, no What's thank you. What's wrong with that? Sea of Thieves no, is fantastic. No, no, no. We're not going to start. Nope. You don't like Sea of Thieves? I thought you did. I have yeah. over 500 hours in Sea of Thieves. It's a fantastic game. It's a good game. Yeah. The community the sucks. Not like the it's PvP. The How dare you? Worst communities. No, people people destroying you on their boat is the best part of that game. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's all I do in that means? game is I just I just grief other people. I just go and I kill them and I take their loot. Why would I Dan, work when I can Dan just kill you. them and take it? Dan yeah, loves you. Yeah. Yep. Dan, I like the restraint you're showing right now. I do appreciate I'm, it. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look for you and see if thieves. I'm gonna wait till I see you log <laughs> you won't on. Won't find me. Because that game you. was installed on my hard drive in perpetuity. I have like four games that are like that on both consoles. They will never be deleted from my my, my hard drive. That game was one of them until about six months ago. Or whenever Whoa, they released the, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. was really cool. I couldn't yeah. access any of it because every time you would go to just the second mission of it, you would basically get sunk and or it was already activated so you couldn't access it. I'm sure they patched it by now. You still go over there, probably, and get griefed by people who are spawn camping the story mission that I wanted to do. So I'm just I like, played the hell that. With you. I played that. I didn't have any issues with the. I, yeah. I did it for like, I don't know. I tried probably ten times, and every time I did, it either didn't work or didn't activate, or I had people destroy me. And then there would be times where also I'd go down to do it and be like, oh, it's not activated. I come back up, my ship's gone. <laughs> or parts of it are floating in the water. I'm just like, no. All right. Well, if you ever do oh, re-download Sea of Thieves, let me know when you log on so I can kill you. No. <laughs> Won't happen. Will not happen. Oh it's a good man. Game nope. All right. Doing it. Real quick, while we're on the topic of kind of you know this acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard and Xbox, uh, Blizzard actually randomly announced a new IP this week, which uh, for Blizzard is a rare event. And I thought sure there was is. no irony better than Blizzard themselves announcing a new IP while calling it the unannounced survival game. Um, I'm like, how do you announce something that is titled unannounced? I don't know. Only Blizzard can do that. They figure it out. But uh, a new IP from Blizzard is something to kind of uh, perk up about because, you know, when they do create new IPs like they have in the past, they're, they're memorable IPs and they can be, um, something that that pushes the industry or creates something new, and you know they're they're big things. So all we know about this is it is a survival game. 
Um, Mike Yabara, who now has Blizzard, said that he has played it with the team. So it's in some form of development to where it's playable. It doesn't mean it's near release, but it's playable. Um, what? I've cracked it. Go. The game is called Unannounced. <laughs> so the unannounced survival game. I mean, it's that's what it's called. It's just called Unannounced. That's the title. There you go. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, there's not much to say about this other I just wanted to say that, you know, this is kind of interesting timing that a week after being announcing the potential acquisition by Xbox, they come out and announce a new IP um, that, uh, you know, they don't really provide any information about. And according to other reports, they have other new IPs in the works. This is just one of them uh, that they're looking forward to announcing. I, I have a theory about this. So I saw this news too, Ains, and my first thought was, I bet you they w wanted to announce this game earlier and they were just waiting for a moment where their company had any good PR to do it because you don't <laughs> want to announce, you don't want to announce a new game on like a downslope for PR and like Activision Blizzard just had so much negative PR. I feel like there probably just wasn't a good window to announce this game. And then they finally had like a week where people were talking positively about the company because of the new acquisition and stuff. And they were like, all right, let's just talk about this game now. That's my theory. It could be. I um I put on my tinfoil hat last week going down the rabbit hole of the acquisition talk. And I was thinking to myself, you know, obviously this has been in the works for some time, the acquisition, right? And if you are um if you are part of these teams that knows an acquisition is coming, but uh you're trying to buy low, as we alluded to last week, buy low, right? If you're Xbox. To your point, why would you want any good PR prior? They they basically capitalized on the fact that Activision Blizzard had been suffering from bad PRs. Their stock value dropped over the last eight, 10 months significantly, 35%, 40%. And yep. Microsoft capitalized on that fact. So, you know, why would you want any announcements of new IPs or new games or Overwatch 2 release date or anything good when you're just seeing that stock tank? Um so that you can buy on the low, which, uh, you know, is what it is. But yeah. All right. So uh, we'll see what this is. I I'm looking forward to hearing more. You know, we don't know, like we said last week, we don't know when this deal is going to close, if it's going to close and what that looks like for uh, for Xbox and Blizzard and Activision in the future. But my hope, as with anything else, is that the deal closes as intended and that as we uh, discussed extensively last week, that these developers and studios get the uh, support, freedom that they need to really put these projects in a good place. Because there's obviously a load of talent at these studios that has been under seemingly underutilized for some time now. So, fellas, only one more thing to mention, mm -hmm. and that is that Horizon Forbidden West has gone gold. And if you're listening to this, it's probably only about two weeks away. People are already playing it. They are. They are. Yeah. IGN I person's am. playing it. It's not me. Uh, sadly, not me either. I'm not playing it, but I wish I was. I'm looking Is forward to it. Somebody at your outlet playing it? No, not yet. So. Yep. I'm excited, man. I'm literally playing the first one so I can get a refresh for the second one. Because I don't know what's really coming out after that that I'm going to play. So, you know, Elden Ring, not me. So I got I to gotta probably wait a long time. So that's going to be one of those games that I just, maybe I'll try to plot it. And I looked, at, I looked, I was looking through the, uh, 
Horizon uh, Zero Dawn trophy. They're really not that hard. But I, no. I totally skipped all of the hunting ground stuff, I think, the first time through. Oh, really? So, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't. I played a little bit of it, like very, very little. Uh, so I was like, well, that's basically all I have left. So I certainly I can get those. That shouldn't be a problem. And then I started trying to do it, and I was like, nope, maybe not. <laughs> I think I was going to say, I, I have the platinum in that, which is rare because I don't trophy hunt, but I really enjoyed that That's game. Cool. And um, I think the, those those trial things are probably the most tedious part of that game. Yeah, sure. I love yeah. those trials, though. They're so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Of course you do. Yeah, I loved that game. Uh, but I think because I reviewed it, I was playing it like a month before it was out, and I'm not sure any trophies unlocked for me. I might have zero in that game, but I did like a completionist run. I bet you if I had done it when the game was in the wild, I would I would have like a platinum on it. But nice. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm excited, man. I don't know. I wanted to ask you guys the one thing I want to ask about this, the reason I brought it up is when when there when there's a game like this that is coming that I'm hugely excited for, both this and Elden Ring, um I go dark on them. Like there's so much coverage of these two games right now. There's new videos and gameplay and information and and all these things. I have not watched any of it. Like I refuse to even watch a trailer for Horizon or Elden Ring right now because I just want to experience it myself when I get it. Are you guys like that or am I weird? Or I both? try to be like that as as much as possible unless I'm covering a game. I try to expose myself to nothing about it. And uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West, I've seen nothing since the E3 reveal trailer in like 2018, which I think I was in the room for. And then mm-hmm. uh, for El- for um, Elden Ring, not only did I not play the technical test, but I have seen zero trailers. I just know the title of the game. That's it. Wow. I've, yeah, I've, I, haven't, I haven't even seen the, the non-gameplay cinematic trailers. I've seen nothing of that game on purpose. So That's awesome. I yeah. think I think the thing with games like that it depends on the game. Like this one, I've mostly gone dark on because I don't want any spoilers or anything. So once like it gets about a week out, right before the embargo lifts, I will mute those words and anything that has to do with the game. Um, I'll go as far as to mute PlayStation and Sony, and I won't see anything, which is actually kind of nice because you know I focus more on. My Twitter feed is mostly meat. I think that I tweeted out the other day. So um, that's meat. great. Meat. Yeah. Mostly just you did meat. Say that. You did say that. Mm-hmm. Following your yeah, Twitter so... is a, uh, a harrowing experience. It's, it's, I yeah, do it's not fun. recommend it. No, no. <laughs> uh, it it's, it's fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of gone dark on it. I haven't really seen, I haven't really gone dark on Elden Ring, but I haven't really seen anything either. Aside from everybody's excited for it, um, but not, I haven't seen any like, you know, trailers, extra trailers, extra kind of behind the scenes stuff. I haven't seen any of that stuff, and I'm not probably because you don't interact with it, with it generally. That might be there, true. There's a lot like game. It's Game Informers feature this month, so they've put out a bunch of videos and articles. Oh, really? Uh, it I is co- blocked. Yeah, it was covered by PlayStation. <laughs> like I said, the interview with Miyazaki. Uh, content creators already have the game, that. so there's videos out there. Like, yeah, there's a lot. I saw the interview thing. I did see that. Um, But I think for Horizon, they had like a cast interview thing. I just didn't watch it. Um, And that that was basically it that I've seen. And they they promote it with, uh, who's that guy that makes those slow motion videos? That Soonhae Legend or something like that on Twitter, where he makes a lot of those, like, he does a lot with Devil May Cry and Nier Automata, uh, Mm. Ghost of Tsushima. You know, he does these really 
kind of cool videos like montages and that's who i think gorilla hired to they gave him the game early and all those promos are made by him or a lot of them are that i've seen i think that's what's happening um so he's he's kind of he's going through the game and and playing it and catch capturing he's like you know the really cool slide i'm just gonna arrow this guy in the face kind of thing you know just does all these really cool moves i will my game will look nothing like that it'll be you know probably running into stuff have the camera backwards and you know just hoping i don't die and you know but it, it that that's kind of what they've been doing with it. it that's as much as i've seen so generally i try to avoid as much stuff it's just like movies you know like spider-man when that came out i put a giant mute list together and you know still got some stuff you know kind of popping through here and there but then i block those accounts and uh, <laughs> so sorry sorry guys yeah 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 well i'm hyped man we've been talking about uh we've been talking about these game releases for some time now and and it's it's crazy to think that they're almost here we're only a couple weeks away so we'll have some uh we'll have some unique guests over the coming weeks to talk about elden ring and horizon uh in particular um because i think those are going to be big big topics for us um and I'm, I'm looking forward to spending a lot of time with them both uh reviews and articles and and conversations like on here so stay tuned for those but I think I hope I'll have this... time to play it. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. do. Uh, both Elden Ring and Horizon Zero Dawn. I hope I have time to play. A lot of time. Yeah, I don't know how many hundreds of hours combined I'm going to put into those two games. So with the Destiny Two review. Oh yeah, you got yeah. that too. Man, yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> well, with that, guys, I think we're going to wrap up for today. Um, the only thing I uh, want to shout out, if you're watching this live, is later today, boys, we get the uh, Halo TV show trailer during the oh, AFC I forgot Champions. about that reason to watch football hell yeah yeah halftime what? of the afc championship so uh, right. yeah anyway <laughs> watch football for the commercials Dan. <laughs> yeah <I know>. commercial <laughs> aficionado and the halo, those the halo guys. trailer. how much did that yeah. cost yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no uh, yeah this is gonna be awesome. why didn't you give me a high-pitched voice yeah is that what you think, think i sound like yes okay when you're watching football i think that's what you sound like but okay uh, i saw the, the teaser go niners good. Hey, I, I'm good with that too. Go Niners, man. Go Niners, go Chiefs. Yeah, go Niners, go Chiefs. I can see that replay again. Um, <laughs> oh man, I saw that the, they dropped like a 10 second trailer, or whatever it was. The little teaser, teaser. yeah, looks yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, Master I'm just Chief gonna say this. Dope. Yeah, when you get Paramount Plus, when you inevitably have to watch the series, go watch uh, Mayor of Kingston after Halo. Amazing, amazing show. Jeremy mm-hmm. Renner. Uh, I'm not even a big Jeremy Renner fan, and it's it's a it's brutal, man. It's a brutal, crazy show that I think you guys would enjoy. So, listeners, cool. go watch that show. It's free go. promo, free press. Also, watch Halo because that's what the main reason you're going to be getting Paramount Plus because there's nothing else on it except for those two shows. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm pumped to see this. Uh, Chief looked amazing. The the budget looks right. Like it looks like it's going to be the big show we all hoped it would be. So we'll see that later today. And then uh, just a shout out that we've got a new series premiering on the channel later this week. So it'll be a timed exclusive for all patrons. Um, But uh, it'll be coming to everyone shortly after they premiere. But stay tuned. It'll be definitely a series for tech techies and tech heads. Um, That'll be should be interesting for people. So keep an eye for that. Otherwise. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got a super chat right at the end from maybe Super Bowl. 
Chris. Oh no, Chris. I know Chris is a huge Bengals fan. Right. So. I, I think there's like four of them total though. Cause I've never ever heard a Bengals of a Bengals fan until Chris. So, <laughs> this is, you know, it's, it's I'm a, a Bengals group. fan. That's kind of yeah. close. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like oh, man. Chris, thank you very much for the super chat, man. Yeah, and man, uh, good luck to the team today. Um, unfortunately, I don't really care either way, but it, I hope it's a good game. <laughs> I think I they can do it. Game. I think they can do it. So We'll, we'll see, see what happens. Should be a good game. All right, boys. Uh, Travis, where can people find you, man? Yeah, uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Ty Guy Travis. Uh, you can read my articles, previews, and reviews at IGN.com. Uh, this past couple weeks, I did a Windjammers 2 review. Uh, highly recommend checking that game out if you haven't. It's on Game Pass. Um, and then uh, this next week, I'll be doing the Dying Light 2 review. I'm also previewing the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC Ragnarok, uh, which will probably be up sometime, if not this week, then early next week. Um, and then down the road, I've got my Crossfire X review and my Destiny 2 Witch Green review. So tons of stuff I'm working on. You can see all that stuff. And if you care about Destiny, I do a show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific uh, called The Last Word, where we talk about Destiny for multiple hours a week. I don't know how how we do that, but we do it. Um, <laughs> and that's it for me. Are you allowed to say if you have Crossfire X yet? I am not allowed to say that. Okay. All right. Not uh, on the live show. It is extremely quiet uh, on that yeah, Crossfire X front right now. Which I totally forgot it was coming out. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So anyway, guys, the chat, you've been awesome today. Big cast 188. Thank you as always to anyone listening. Just a reminder, if you do enjoy listening to the podcast uh, on the audio services, please hit us up with a review. It would be greatly appreciated. It does help us out. Uh, and, um, that's about it. Stay tuned. We will see you next week until then. <laughs>